My name is Paul, and I'm a comic book geek. My name is Hugh, and I'm an all-purpose geek. My name is Corbs, and I'm a sports geek. My name is Jack, I'm a history geek. This is GeekPod. week's edition of Geek Pod. I'm your host, Paul. I'm Hugh. I'm Alana. And we have two special guests in the studio today, two independent filmmakers uh, from the New York area. We have Michael Allen Fitzgerald and Matt Lipke. Say hello, guys. Hello. Hello. Perfect. Look at that. Yeah. Hey, you ask me to do something, I do it. I know. It's unusual. No, it's not. It's It was a solid open. <laughs> Until yes. that part. Until that part. You stuck the landing. The German... Judge gives you a 10. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so, hey everybody, what's got you geeked? You don't know how to do this. Usually you say that and I go I know, first. So, yeah, I'm, I'm throwing you off. Well, if this is going to be, you know, a train wreck, we might as well roll with it. <laughs> right off the rails? Yeah. Alright, so what's got me geeked is probably no surprise. The return of Richard Ryder. I wondered if you were going to bring that up. Yeah, Okay. It's either that or Moon Knight, so... Hey, you know, I, I totally uh, was going to post something to Facebook with that news item, but I could not find something that I thought would both be equally fun- funny and not ridiculously offensive, because I would have had to be offensive with towards the, you. Yeah. The Dick Ryder yeah. joke? Yeah. yeah. I figured you'd go there. Um, I'm not sure if either of you guys are comic book fans. Yes. Not a huge comic book fan, actually. Okay. That's a, yeah, not really your guys' wheelhouse, for <laughs> but that's okay. Um, I am, and I'm a big fan of the Marvel character Nova. And the real Nova has been gone for quite a few years now, and they just leaked out a teaser of the character's signature helmet. And so it looks like finally after, like, what, six, eight years? Yeah. He's finally coming back, so I'm a little jazzed about that. So he's really excited about Richard Ryder. You're just going to keep going with that, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Give me an opening. We're right. going to walk through Take it. Take the shot. Okay, so yes, there's not much more to tell on there right now. All we've got is a teaser image. So, I mean, and hopefully maybe this will shut up Cosmic Book News for a while. Maybe. I doubt it. But that's, uh, that's about it. What about you? Let's catch a gig. Well, I don't know if you guys saw, but uh, Nintendo's releasing a new console this fall. I did see that. Time. I saw the article yesterday, actually. Yeah, and yeah. that, for anyone who played video games in that era, it's a really cool idea. Basically, it's a smaller version of the original in Nintendo. It's not going to open or have, I guess, any outside uh, USB ports or anything, which I think is sad. Uh, it's going to come preloaded with 30 different games, all classics that you know we loved as kids. And uh, I'm hoping, I haven't seen a picture of the controller, and I don't think that they've shown a picture. Did they show a picture? It, it is a standard classic Nintendo controller. Yeah, another one of the pictures I saw showed the boxes, and the separate box is the, the controller that you okay. can buy separately as well. Okay. And it is, like we remember it. Oh, well, you know, I'm just excited about playing um, Legend of Zelda on a widescreen TV, because that did not exist. Now, I'm wondering if they're going to put black bars on the side, or are they actually yeah. going to expand 
this for you know what TVs look like now. Uh, I think it's a a misstep not to include some kind of expandable, upgradable something because they could make a ton of money on this. But I'm sure that you know the second they release this, if there's any kind of a port on this thing, even a little pin charger for power, <laughs> within a week there'll be TurboGrafx 16 games running on this thing. Yeah. Um, so they got to be careful. And you know, I think this might pave the way for this year. It's the original Nintendo. Next year's the Super Nintendo. So on and so forth. A uh, good marketing idea and uh, Nintendo clearly needs to do something in the console game because competing with the current generation isn't really working for them. Oh, definitely. But, um, I mean, this is this is a great idea. I mean, I saw this and I immediately emailed the link to my wife and said, put this on my Christmas list. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, at 39 years old, I saw the Christmas list. Don't judge me. <laughs> but, uh, and affordable. It's like 60 bucks for this thing. Yeah. With all the games yeah. on it, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, and, but it looks like it, literally it can fit in your hands. It's tiny. Yeah, it's tiny. Yeah, yeah. Well, I disagree. I there are really nice quality replicators that use all the original games that are easily available at uh, most independent video game stores, and you can buy those old games cheap and play. The replicators were, are usually set up for not just one system but multiple systems, so really? you can play a variety of old games anywhere from Atari. Up to, you know, Super NES, Sega, and they'll have multiple ports. Yeah, it's so, like the Retron, right? Yeah, the Retron. I'm, I'm familiar with it. I mean, that puts I'm Nintendo behind. I'm yeah. aware of any of this oh, stuff. Yeah. Me neither. Oh, it's really cool. I, I, I guess the reason I haven't jumped into it is the fact that you continue to have to buy cartridges and stuff, which I, I remember my last experience with cartridges, and you know, you know how frustrating that can get as a, a console and a cartridge ages. Mm. Uh, but I, I've seen them in the stores, I've thought about it, I've walked by um, what is it, J Street Games at, at Carousel, and I've been like, oh, that would be so cool, but oh, I'd have to go buy a bunch of $5 cartridges and then blow on them, and then eventually get rubbing alcohol and clean them all out with Q-tips, and I just don't want to deal with that shit right now. <laughs> you don't want to go that far back in here? Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I was not aware of this. I thought this was like a whole new thing. No, it, well, it, you've been able to do this kind of thing with emulators uh, on a lot of devices, um, any Android device, and I'm sure, I don't know if there's emulators available for Apple, but uh, yeah, I mean, I can run all those games on my phone, but it's not the same playing it on a touchscreen. It just do, doesn't really work, especially because you can't do a, a diagonal input, really, on a touchscreen. Gotcha. So that makes a lot of things really difficult. Somebody dinged. Yeah, there was, that was me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. It's kind of like farting in a room. You just don't even know. <laughs> right. Ignore it. Blame the other person. Wow. Lana, do you have something that's got you geeked? Uh, Next time I'm going to sit like the this all the time. Trying to illustrate that you need to move towards I'll just the mic. be louder. Or we can just, just do turn this. the mic. Look at that. That's boom, science. <laughs> well, um, I'm really geeked about Jeffree Star's new uh, summer liquid lip collection. And this is where everything goes silent. <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes she's really cool, and then sometimes it's the makeup shit. So <laughs> you you got to take them both together. Okay, don't we have female listeners? It's true. One that we know of. Expanding your demographics. There you go. Yeah. So here's where we roll into the teenage girl demographic. Take it away, Lana. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really teenage girls, um, but do you even know what a liquid lipstick is? Nope. Do I look nope. like I <laughs> Well, um, it's a lipstick that comes in, like, a lip gloss kind of shape. 
and you put it on and it dries so it doesn't move. Hardly moves. There goes you on his motorcycle. (laughs) (laughs) Geek Bob brought to you by the Harley Davidson store in Syracuse. (laughs) And there is what I believe to be five shades. Yeah, five. And the unique thing about Jeffree Star is he's got a bright yellow. He does funky colors like that. And I don't know, I'm just really stoked about them because I think they're all really pretty. You probably wouldn't understand. Well, I mean, we have we, some we filmmakers don't... here who probably have to use. I that guess, kind of yeah, yeah. In right. terms of makeup, yeah. So it could be interesting for. Are you putting on bright yellow lipstick? Maybe. In maybe. Movie. Yeah, maybe. I can't tell you though. Secret. Right. <laughs> Sometimes it's don't good pry. just to know what's out there. Yeah. Don't pry into people's personal lives. Yes. <laughs> Mind your business. <laughs> we bring them out. Are you expect them to tell you shit? Come on. <laughs> Well, so, you know, I have sure. to get my Dr. Frankenfurter costume. Also. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Rocky Horror. Yep. I love that movie. That is Great. a crazy color, though. Yellow? Yeah, bright yellow. He's got um, bright blues. He's got this dark purple thing. He's got a color called Breakfast at Tiffany's. It's like a seafoam green. <laughs> it's awesome. I'm still stuck on the Jeffree Star. I thought this was going to be a, a SpongeBob SquarePants segment. Oh. I don't <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, I get it. Let it brew for a second. Yep. Wait, what? Never mind, I'll explain yeah. later. It'll come to you later. Okay, then. <laughs> I think that yeah, nothing. Yeah, you know, we have to let her do it because it is what's got her geek. But yes. man, I, I learned so much about things I don't care about. Should we start vetting oh, these things? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, Lana. You be you. Damn. We love you just the way you are. If you could stop for a minute. Could you not? I was talking about Anyway, let's throw it to the guys. I mean, they came here to, to put up with our shit for a reason. So let's, <laughs> let's let them talk about them. So what's got you geeked? Um, there's this new camera that is coming out uh, relatively soon. Um, it's called Elytra. I don't know if any of you guys have heard of it. It's pretty new. Um... And it's cool because it uses like this brand new technology, basically, so it captures individual photons of light. Uh, and so you can actually refocus the entire image uh, in post-production. So uh, let's say uh, I got my camera right here facing Paul, and uh, he's out of focus, or there's something over on the windowsill that I want in focus, but it's not in focus when we shoot it on set. Um, our in post-production, our editors can actually go in and uh, refocus the individual uh, photons of light, whatever whatever part of the image you want to. So that is super it's cool. like awesome. it's I don't really know how it works uh, technically, but uh, I saw some demos and it looks pretty cool. It's pretty you know technical and stuff, but it's gonna it's gonna change uh, the way that we do things, which is pretty That's cool. Awesome. Well, yeah. no more no more bad takes or retakes because yeah. of that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's going to eliminate the need for green screens now, too. So you can actually just uh, shoot somebody against uh, any type of background, and you can actually individually go around the person and choose what photons of light that you want to remove from the image and replace it with something else entirely. That's awesome. So it's pretty pretty crazy, uh, and I'm sure they're going to be super expensive when they come out, but uh, it's a pretty interesting thing. 
So these aren't out yet. This is like on the no. They have like coming. other generations of stuff, but this is like a brand new thing, brand new technology, and it's not out yet. Um, they just started rolling out some details uh, over the past few months, actually. So we'll That's see what happens really with that. Cool. Yeah, I, mean, I won't be able to get my hands on one for ages now. Yeah, fifty years probably from now, but uh, <laughs> hopefully at some point we get to play with it a little bit. I'm a big camera guy, obviously, since I do filmmaking. So I'm a big camera nerd. So camera stuff is right up my alley. That is awesome. Oh, I'm. <laughs> I'm not looking at any He's other making a Christmas I'm be, list. I'm, no, I'm being quite... <laughs> I know I'm poor. I don't even have hopes and dreams about that kind of equipment. Don't even bother. But uh, I am enjoying a lot of Netflix this week because I am taking a break from just about everything, having had a very long week. Um, did anyone watch Stranger Things? I just saw the trailer for that. First episode. Yeah. I haven't it's gotten any farther than that, though. Yeah. I've... Definitely enjoyed it. Uh, definitely enjoyed the 80s feel, the oh. visual feel. The music yeah. was spot on. Um, I loved the look of the young actors. Yeah, the, I mean, even when the uh, the font at the very beginning, oh. I was like, that was totally A-team. That was Carlton Cuse and Mancuso right from the oh, 80s, yeah. the kind of stuff they used in all their, their action dramas. It was amazing. Um, the music was spot on as well so I've only watched as like you I've only watched the one episode enjoyed seeing um, Winona Ryder again because I had been a fan of hers for a long time actually yeah, I'd been trying to keep up with her work I'd seen well, I know a lot of people had seen Black Swan but she also had a role in The Experimenter which is the story of Stanley Milgram who wrote the book um obedience to authority about his experiments back in the 70s um, determining how people would do things against their nature or their values because they were following following the um, someone they felt was an authority Okay. The basis of the experiment is that they would be brought in and told you're going to ask a number of questions to an individual who's in this other room. They met. They would meet the people. And this individual will be wired to electricity. Anytime they replied with a wrong answer, you would provide, you would shock them. And as that continued, the shocks became greater. Um, there would be an instructor there who would tell them to tell them, you know, how to proceed and when in that they needed to deliver the shock. Well, what they did not know that in the other room, the person was not connected to anything, was not receiving any shocks. Um, the person who was part of to deliver the shock was giving a sample one just enough to get an idea of it. And as the experiment continued, purposely the person in the other room would be getting the answers wrong. So they'd have to continue delivering shocks. Now at first they know it's mild, but as they increase, the reactions from the person, the actor in the other room, would become more and more extreme. And it was about seeing how long that person would let it continue? How long would you keep delivering shocks? The person would get to the point of explaining that they were in pain, 
that they wanted this to be done, that they didn't want to do it anymore, that they were suffering. And um, Milgram was just really surprised to find that people would continue on because there'd be an instructor there and told them, this is what you need to do. You need to continue the experiment. This is what you've been brought in to do. It's your responsibility. They were never forced, but they were told by someone they thought was in an authoritarian position to do so. He um, got interested in it, doing this kind of experiment um, as a result of, well, what Germans and Nazis did in World War II, because there was always the, we were following orders. Yeah. And that was, you know, that came up at the trials. And he wanted to determine, would people just blindly follow orders if someone in a position of authority, that they felt was in a position of authority, was telling them to do so? Clearly they would. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and it, his, this experiment was reproduced many times over the years, many countries, and... It was the same result, a majority of the people people would. Um, but she plays the role, um, Winona Ryder plays the role of his wife. Still a small role, but um, I've always enjoyed her work. From, you know, Not only um, back in the day to Beetlejuice, uh, I was always a big Heathers fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Always Great a big movie. Heathers fan. So, um, yeah, no, that's got me geeked. Um, that's a Netflix original. Uh, another Netflix original that might fall under some people's radar is it's subtitled in English or dubbed in subtitled in English. It's called A Very Secret Service. The actual French title, which anyone who took one year of French would know, is is In the Service of France. It is a sitcom that takes place after World War II about the French Secret Service. And it is the driest comedy. <laughs> I had to convince my wife after a few episodes, no, this is the comedy. you got to pay attention. It's very subtle, but it's comedy. And I ended up marathoning, marathoning it, and it was very enjoyable. Really? Oh, yeah. Interesting. It, it's, it's fun. Now, is it subtitled? Is it in it's French? subtitled. It's subtitled in French, yeah. Okay. That immediately puts Kristen out. No. Well, no, I'm just, I, I, I'm just wondering how a sitcom or comedy works in subtitles. So, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's that's yeah. definitely different. You don't get the intonations of how things are delivered. Well, so. you do still. I mean, yeah, I, I don't... think so? I don't know how much you are into foreign film, but usually, you know, filmmakers, it's like we're still hearing the tone. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't know the language. The body language, and but you still hear the tone of the inflection. The inflection yeah. when they, yeah. when they when they speak. But as I said, it's very dry and it's very subtle. But mm, interesting, quite enjoyable, mm. and it's got crazy beautiful production values. Nice. Oh, and uh, a soundtrack that just wants me to start listening to uh, to more uh, French popular jazz. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, anything that expands the horizons, right? Oh, that's right. Well, you know, I don't. Uh, I have trouble with uh, getting my wife to watch subtitle movies too. Like we just recently watched Attack on Titan, and she fought me the whole way. Oh, um, you watched that now? 
Yeah, I did. But again, life goes on when you're not at my house. Um, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it wasn't the greatest movie in the world, but it was kind of like there, there's not like another version of this. If you want to see it, mm-hmm. you got to watch that movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she she was like, yeah, it looks really cool, but man, this is really irritating me. <laughs> so I don't get to do a whole lot of that. When I get to watch subtitled movies when my wife's not around, which is never. Well, this might be this might be more of a gateway. It is, as I said, it is dry, so it is subtle and it's slow. It's not where you have these strobing, mm. yeah, subtitles that you have to. Uh, what did he say to me? Rewinding, go back. No, it's it's a good gateway. It's I have I'm highly recommending it to everyone. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. very cool. Do another round. Um, actually, that's usually, we usually stop with the, the okay. one one shot of what's got you geeked. But I want to get into uh, what you guys are working on. What you're all about. I want you guys to tell everybody why they should be out checking out all of your stuff. Who wants to go first, Matt? Please, please. sure. Um, well, I actually live now in New York City. I just came up uh, this morning. I just got in at like nine thirty. Um, thank you. Yeah, I that. <laughs> yes. Um, I do a lot of different stuff. Um, I own my own production company, but I also freelance uh, elsewhere. So I'll start with the elsewhere stuff. Um, right now I'm working on a couple uh, true crime murder series for uh, the Discovery ID Network. Nice. Um, I'm the second AD on that, assistant director on that. So that one, the first one we did back uh, in uh, April and May actually premieres uh, this Wednesday. So it's going to be Wednesday nights at 10 p.m on Discovery ID Network. Um, it's called Six Degrees of Murder. Uh, and then the second one is called uh, Deadliest Decades, 1980s. So it's all about famous crimes from the 1980s. And uh, I'm on the reenactment side of that. So we reenact all the murders and the lead up and the, and the investigation and stuff. And that's going to be premiering this fall, also on Discovery ID. Outstanding. Yep. Um, and then for my company, uh, which is Lipke Productions, um, we have a few new projects in the works. We're actually one of them is we're actually working on a Bernie Sanders documentary. Um, nice. So we're going down to the DNC uh, in Philly next week to do some coverage there, and we're focusing on a little bit of a different aspect because there's a lot of documentaries going around about Bernie Sanders and his movement, obviously, right now. So uh, my team and I are working on a little bit more about the people's story. So. Um, the people who follow him, his supporters and stuff, and why it's important to them, rather than focusing on him and uh, his history or just interviewing him and his, you know, the higher-ups. We want to focus on the people and why um, his movement's so important to him. So we'll be going down the DNC and grabbing interviews from different people, and then we'll be taking that into post-production um, this fall. And then the second thing that we're worked on, which is uh, super under wraps right now, is um, an anthology horror web series. Um, so I'm working with a few different filmmakers from um, the city, a little bit from, from Vermont where I went to school and some up here in Syracuse as well um, we're in the very early stages of development right now but uh, we're going to have different filmmakers write um, their own episodes and direct them and we'll be filming this all over the place um, but have it connecting so having it as an anthology series um, and so that right now is slated to be a web series but we will be pushing it to some networks as well um, once it gets further underway, um, like I said, we're still in the very, very early stages of development. Um, we don't have any stories right now. We're just kind of fleshing out some ideas with the uh, producers right now. But uh, that's a couple things that I'm working on right now. That is awesome. Yeah. Is the idea to have these stories uh, perfectly connected some way? Yes, yes. So just like 
as as this as the first season starts, it's going to be very loose connections, and then you know they're kind of seemingly separate stories. But then as the season progresses, um, the kind of the pieces come together, and you kind of see what the central element is and how all these stories are connected together. Nice, so. that's cool. That's yep. very cool. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that's kind of the uh, where I'm at right now uh, with my company and uh, my work down in the city. Very, very cool. I have a question. Yes. So how has your Bernie Sanders documentary, the story of it, changed in light of current events? In terms of his... His, well, his not... It, Getting the, you know. Yeah. Um, so we started doing just ideas about two months ago. So this is, we're still, uh, we're starting to shoot interviews right now. So um, it hasn't really changed much, actually, because we kind of had ideas for, you know, either whether he was going to win the nomination or not. So we kind of had two routes we could go. And like I said, it's it's not really telling his progressive story of where he's come from and where he's going. It's more about the people who follow him. So we want to grab, we want to talk about why it's important to his followers, why these people have chosen to back Bernie and what it means to them and how, like, we hope that his movement kind of shapes the future of politics in this country. So, um, obviously it has changed, um, just a little bit in terms of the focus. Um, but, uh, we're taking this very slowly because, like I said, when we started uh, do, working on this, we didn't want like a very fleshed-out story. We wanted mm-hmm. the story to come to us through the interviews, through the archival footage that we're grabbing. So we wanted the, the people, his followers, his movement to kind of tell us what the story was going to be, and then we're going to shape that in the edit room when we start to edit uh, this fall. So um, we're still really not sure exactly where the story's going to go. Um, we're going to see how it plays out over the next few months. It should be surprising considering that some of those followers have been, I don't want to say the word angered, but they, they're planning on protesting at yeah. the Democratic National Committee. Um, yeah. Just the fact that he did not receive the nomination. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's yeah, it's going it's to be, I'm super excited to go down there in a couple of weeks just to kind of uh, capture all the energy on camera and stuff and see uh, what people are thinking right now. I think you're going to get um, some very interesting and emotional stories there. Yeah. I've just seen, um, with some people, say in my Facebook feed, uh, a few people that are very, that were very gung ho, that were very tied yep. up in this, mm-hmm. watching the change in tone. And it's not all negative. They're not all doing horrible things, but um, some of them, it's it's almost like watching someone's heart get broken. Yeah, uh, totally I think is. you're going to yeah. get some very emotional, very oh, yeah. good stuff out of this. Yeah, I think it's you know there's a, there's a wide range of, of the spectrum for. Just as supporters in general, you know, there's like the the moderate supporters, and there's like the diehard, you know, the Bernie Bros, and then there's just you know your average person. So we're very interested to see what people say and their thoughts. Yeah, I, I bet it's going. There's going to be some emotional stuff. Oh I yeah, think. sure. There's probably going to get some crazy stuff on camera. So well, we're excited. Bernie supporters have had to go through the stages of grief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's true. You know, mm-hmm. part of it is anger. Yeah, we've seen anger. We've seen trying to. Uh, bargain, yeah. you know, yeah. it's just going to be a while until we get to acceptance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know in this area, his support was quite strong. Yes, very, yeah. very, very strong, strong yeah. in this area. Well, I also wonder, too, uh, if this kind of ties in. I've seen a lot of articles out there saying this is the year that we discovered that, you know, our democracy was 
bought and sold. I don't know that we didn't really know that. It certainly seems, and maybe this is because of social media, um, I think much more apparent to a whole new group of people. Yes, exactly. That, people that, who were never involved in the political process, yeah. you know. And they're kind of like, you know, oh my God, I can't believe this is how it is when it's yeah. been like that, I think, for a while. For a long time. And yeah. I'm not even one of those people railing against it. I mean, it is what it is. You know, maybe that's acceptance. Maybe that's being almost 40. Yeah. Uh, but it's interesting seeing a lot of younger people uh, and people who kind of weren't aware that this, yeah. is, this is how politics works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, I, I don't know if you can do anything about that. Um, but it's it's odd seeing something that I thought was kind of accepted all of a sudden a big deal. Yeah. It's been a very, very interesting uh, year in terms of politics, you know. Uh, Bernie, you know, 15 months ago was this little senator that no one heard of from Vermont. I went to school in Vermont, so I actually knew him beforehand. But then uh, now we are fast forward a year later, and, you know, he was the runner-up for the, the convention for the nomination and no one thought he was going to have a uh, chance in hell to, to get this far, and he did. So it's very interesting to um, see uh, his progress and to see just the rally that, that's been behind him, and we're uh, hopefully going to capture that in the film. Awesome. I'm very interested. I can't yeah. wait to see that. Oh, no, I have more questions for Matt. <laughs> I first heard about you um, with your film... Oh, whiskey, whiskey hell. Yeah, that was the one that started it all. Whiskey hell. How yes. did how did that start for you? Um, so yeah, that was our first film, and we actually shot that five years ago from this month, which is crazy. Um, and it started. Uh, I was a senior in high school at, at Baker High School in, in Beeville, and um, I had this dream about whiskey hell road. And you know, everyone from Beeville, a lot of people from this area know the legends of whiskey hell road, and you've all heard about it. And you know, it's a big party spot and just a cool place to hang out. But uh, I had this really bizarre dream that kind of inspired me to write a story about it. And uh, I talked to some of my friends uh, in high school, and I was like, hey, I've got this story. Do you want to, like, make a movie this summer? It was mm-hmm. very random. You know, I didn't do... I mean, I was always, I've always been a big movie person. I used to shoot, like, little, you know, short films with my uh, my friends and my family, but nothing serious. You know, I never really took it that seriously. But um, And then I got uh, my close group of friends to kind of back me up and... Uh, that summer, after graduating from high school, we uh, spent two months, July and August of 2011, um, shooting this horror movie back in Whiskey Hall Road, you know, every day for eight weeks. Um, and like I said, we really had no idea what we were doing. We had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. You know, we were just using uh, cameras that we had access to, you know, like little consumer-grade camcorders, you know, nothing nothing good at all. But um, we all kind of had this vision and this passion and this desire to, to make this film. It's kind of like a, a signature way to kind of end our uh, our childhood uh, here in Beeville. You know, we were all going on to different directions uh, in college, and so we wanted to do this last thing together. Um, and then I started editing it uh, that fall when I was up at school at uh, UVM in Vermont. And um, I was pretty satisfied with it, and somehow we got it into the, the Palace Theater following January and had a premiere and it was uh, almost sold out. You know, we had 300 people there. And uh, that kind of started my uh, path into filmmaking. That was the film that really got me really interested in learning more about the industry. And so um, I wasn't a film major at school. I was actually an environmental science major. So so I continued that road, but I also studied film on my own, you know, online sites like Film Riot and uh, The Frugal Filmmaker and stuff. So that's kind of where how I learned most of what I know of terms of filmmaking is from the, from these guys online who basically show 
you know, Michael and I, just your average uh, indie guys, how to make these make these movies with small budgets. And so, following Whiskey Hollow, uh, uh, same group of friends, we wrote another movie um, called The Demon in My View, and we shot that the following summer um, on Syracuse University and around Beeville and just around the town. And then we went to edit for about a year, and then that premiered in 2013. Um, and then after that, we wrote another one. Um, it was actually my junior year of college, and uh, I wanted to combine my environmental science major with filmmaking. So I wrote an environmentally-themed uh, science fiction action film called Elixir, and we shot that up in Vermont uh, <clears throat> Excuse me, in the fall of 2014. Uh, with actors from all over Vermont, um, some from Massachusetts. Our entire crew was from UVM or from the Burlington area, and uh, we shot that. And then we premiered it in two sold-out theaters up in Burlington, Vermont. Um, and then actually the theater showed the film again for two weeks straight, four times a day, because they were so happy, happy with the reception. And then it was just at a film festival in New York City uh, in December, and it's now um, on Vimeo and it's on DVD and Blu-ray and... Uh, that was definitely our best film, but it's always funny because we're so, in the Syracuse area, we're so well known for Whiskey Hollow, I think because, part because Whiskey Hollow Road has such this legend and this name behind it, and so people you know, are searching online, you know, Whiskey Hollow Road, and then our film comes up. So it's, it's funny because Whiskey Hollow was our first film, and it's definitely our weakest film, but it's still the most prevalent film that we've made, so um, I just find that very interesting. And we're definitely going to revisit that story at some point again soon to kind of do a little bit of a remake on that one. But I, uh, I was going to ask you, once you get yeah. to a point where you've got yes. more tools in your toolbox, <coughs> yes. would you consider remaking We're it? definitely going to remake Whiskey Hollow. And I've changed the story a little bit, but uh, Aaron Stalker, who's also a Beeble grad, who's in Boston right now, um, who co-wrote the film with me, he's, uh, we have plans at some point in the future to uh, remake the, the film again. Nice. So, yep. I'd love to tag along and to be able to cover it. I want to get inside one of these movies while they're being made. Not like literally in it, because no one wants to see this. It's very bizarre. As Michael and I can tell you, it's very bizarre how we make these movies. and It's uh, not as glamorous as people think it is, but it's uh, it's, it's cool. It's interesting, for sure. Very interesting. I, just, I want to see the inner workings of it. Yeah. A lot of yelling, a lot of screaming, especially on these bigger sets. It, trust me. Look at the two of us. We're not used to glamorous. We have nothing. Nothing at all. It's okay. I disagree. This is a beautiful studio. And yes. I really liked the, the setup you guys had in the green room. The natural Thank lighting you. is we great. We worked very hard on that. I would yes. like the name of your caterer before I leave. <laughs> What's your dad's name? Yeah. <laughs> Should I show him the fridge? Yeah. <laughs> I was I was expecting mimosas this morning though. That was my only complaint. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. At some point, we'll go to movie tavern together. I will buy the mimosas. Ooh, uh, so that's, that's the plan. I can't wait to get to that place. By the way, actually, I have a good friend of mine who works there. Nice. Really? Uh, you probably you may be familiar with him, uh, Jason West. Jason West name on Facebook. Well, Jason West is he's the promoter. He puts together the. I think it's in its eighth year now, the Syracuse Sci-Fi and Horror Garage Sale. Just happened, right? Yeah, yeah it just I've happened. I've been to a few of those. Yeah, yeah. and mm -hmm. yeah, people say, why is it a garage sale? Because it's not, he never wants to call it a convention because it's always going to be free. If you think about a convention, you think, oh, it's going to cost money, you got to get tickets and stuff. Garage sales, you never pay to get into the garage yeah, sale. So it's true. great eight years now, going strong. Um, the last at least six have been at the Maplewood up in Liverpool. 
New York, um, and it's right off the thruway, so easy to go to come to. So, you know, if anyone's ever in the area, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, some great vendors, but we're always seeing new people come in, seeing new artists, um, everything from just collectibles to you have artists doing sketches, but other types of artwork in different mediums each year. This, and then um, every year we seem to have somebody doing core theme cupcakes. That's cool. That's cool. That's great. Which is great. So I'm actually um, a, a movie poster addict, so most of my movie posters have come from those. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've never been to one of these. And oh. they've been going on for eight years? Yeah. 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 You guys are missing out for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently my head has been way up the last <laughs> for the last eight years. Don't touch that one. <laughs> oh, I just uh, got it now. Go ahead. It's okay. I'll remember that. <laughs> No, it'd be great for you guys to come and hang out. And, you know, oh, I'd love to. You're gonna meet a lot of uh, a lot of interesting people, and probably pick up some uh, people for your guest list for the future. Awesome. Yeah. We might even have. Uh, I mean, we know one vendor that might even be interested in that. So oh. we'll talk about it. I, unless she was already there, I can. You know, feel yeah. free. Yeah. Was uh, Wibbly Wobbly Timey Wimey there? No, I saw her at another event this yeah. year, but it. it Definitely be yeah. an ideal, because she is a Doctor Who vendor. Yeah. Um, I know at previous years at the, the garage sale, we, Jason's had uh, a full-size TARDIS that you can have photos with, and it's just another thing, like the garage sale. It was free. It was nice. nice. So it's definitely worth checking out, um, and any time it comes up on your calendar, you know. Is this day. annual or does it happen multiple times a year? Actually, um, it's it's sometimes it's biannual. He likes to do a uh, Christmas Black Friday show. Oh, nice. um, mm -hmm. Often I don't attend that being working in retail myself yeah. right now. <laughs> but uh, usually it's about the same time, July each year. But uh, yeah, if you find yourself in the Syracuse area, you know you're going to be here in July. Definitely worth checking yeah, out. Yeah, lots of fun. Lots of fun. That. Lots of good people. I don't even remember how much money I spent there. <laughs> <laughs> I remember this is being recorded where the wives and such yeah. can hear, so you probably don't want to put that number out there. I, I think it's cute how you think my wife's going to lift, sit through a whole podcast just to hear her husband <laughs> tell, say the same things he talks about all the time. Yeah. It's that's cute. I mean, there's love, but yeah, that's pushing it. So. I host. I this, this. I birthed this entire thing. My wife refuses to listen to an episode. So. <laughs> there you go. But she, I'm with you. This, but she supports. Um, I'm assuming. Oh, okay. she says do when I'm not around. If you call that support, that is, yeah, that is support. Um, hey, there was that one time. My <laughs> wife supports my endeavors. Not always. It, she's not interested in being part of it, but she knows it's my love. It's my passion. And you know. When you're married, that's a nice. Sometimes that's all. That, sometimes that's all you need. Yes. Sometimes that's all you need is just someone not telling you no. It's true. It's hard. Someday. You know. Matt, <laughs> Matt, Matt, I'm sure Matt might agree with me. You know, we hear we hear a lot of no's and uh, not. We don't hear many yeses. It's true. Sometimes a not no is good enough. That's yeah. Like, can I can I do this? Not saying yes, but you didn't say no. <laughs> Sometimes a no answer is the best answer. Yeah. Yes. 
So you're saying there's a chance? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mostly when you're asking permission to do something. Well, you didn't. You didn't say yes, but you also didn't say no. <laughs> you know, Paul, and how did that? that, that, that Curious about that in regards to yes, you know, and we moved on to do much better, much different things. And as like you said, that's like Whiskey Hollow was earlier in your career. But how did you get permission? I mean, it's a public park. It's a highly traveled park. Mm-hmm. I went there last year, just up with the family to walk around. There's people driving in all the time. Yes. It is well. Tell them about the water because everybody goes up for the for the water. We feel the water. That was actually the biggest pain in the ass because we're trying to shoot at that stream and everyone's coming with their trucks and their giant jugs of uh, uh, water and they're trying to fill up there and so we'd have to you know st- hold filming and let them fill up obviously because it's public land uh, and uh, we had lots of people watching us like we did this one uh, scene where someone gets their throat slit and there's this uh, giant group of kids like girls and guys oh are just like you know under the age of like 15 you know range from like 5 to 15 with their their parents and they're all just standing there and here we have this guy dressed up as the killer and he's got her you know and then he slits her throat and everyone's clapping at the end and stuff it was so funny uh just to see people's <laughs> reaction to what the hell we were doing you know in this woods making this movie or you know quote unquote killing people so it was it was uh interesting we actually I don't know if I should say this, but we actually didn't get permission because we had no idea what we were doing back then. Um, so, but we never ran into problems. And, um, obviously, we didn't we didn't shoot anything at night, so the entire That's film. Restricted, yeah, because yeah. uh, we've actually been there at night just ourselves, just like hanging out and stuff. And um, the police do come because it is closed after dusk. So I don't recommend going back there because it's a big party spot, and so the police want to shut down anything you know activity at night and stuff. Um, Plus, also, there's a you know, there's a cave there. Have you been, Mike? I wouldn't describe it as a cave. It's not a cave. <laughs> it's it's like a miniature cave. That's there's an erosion. There was a hill. There's a hill. Yeah. And then there's an erosion of ground beneath the hill. So there is an overhang. Yeah. So it's an but alcove. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, it goes in a little ways, but it's not like it's underground or anything. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, I don't know if it's due to more erosion or or uh, just. Foot traffic, yeah. it, it's collapsed um, oh, significantly it? since we've shot the movie back five. It's still there, but there's like, like, like a whole s- like a left side of the section is just kind of like caved in a little oh, bit. See, I've um, been there since I was a little kid. Yeah. And all the greatest, all the best visual locations are near the, that water. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. Like, yeah, I can imagine you. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine you. It's like oh. All the great stuff is around here, but yeah. everyone everyone's right there. The there. cars pulling up, you know, mess up your but audio. But do, do do visit there and do yes. it'd be wonderful tap water. Yeah. Yes, I remember because we used to go. When oh I was yeah. A kid, my folks would go. And there it's also just, it's just a gorgeous area just to oh, hike yeah. back there. There's trails and stuff, and some very bizarre stuff. Like we, it's in the movie, but we found this like old car, like that's just like the shell of a car. It's probably fifty years old. Nice. And uh, it's just like sitting there, like but way way back, and it's like this place is elevated, so it's like. There's no roads, like, where... I don't know how that car got up there. There's also, like, appliances, like, a washing machine, and, like, a fridge from, like, the 50s and stuff. It's, like, it's like super far back in this, like, heavily uh, wooded area, so... Uh, it's, it's kind of a very strange area. So you guys traveled out most of the area up there? Uh, not... In, but in but a, a significant relation. portion of... Yeah. yeah, I mean, we went pretty far back there just to shoot it, and, you know, we go back to explore and stuff. Um, um, so we spent a lot of time there. Any... Weird stuff? All that, but... Um, 
there's a, what was it? It's a shack, supposedly, right? Yeah. Was the shack out there? Did you see We it? saw a foundation of a building that's just, uh, like, south of the, the stream. Um, it's, it's literally just the foundation, so there's no, there's no walls no or roof. roof. And I remember on the few episodes ago, you talked about the trap door. I've never seen anything with that. Um, but there, there could be further one, one further back because there's, there's, there's a lot of areas. Legends, here. liars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it is a big area, so there could be other ones. But I just have not personally seen that one specifically. Mm. Did, I just, did that just crush your dreams? You no. wanted the whole eat your soul. Yeah, well, I'll swallow your soul. So. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, if you heard the episode, I was going to have Lana go down there and kind of video it. You know, with the makeup on, kind of looks like that scene from Evil Dead. Yeah, one. yeah, I, I think it looked kind of cool. <laughs> Yeah, Poor in the Lana. present company, this is probably the worst one for me for me to be misquoting movies, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably. I'll probably really shut guys. up for the rest of the show. <laughs> but I highly recommend going to Wisconsin just to um, check it out. It's a very cool area. That's a, that's definitely still in the plans. We we, we want to start branching out into some of the uh, paranormal stuff. Yeah. Do some of these ghost hunts. Like field episodes, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I've been doing a lot of research. We haven't talked about this, but uh, and I, I've talked to you about it briefly. Um, we need to get a camera for this kind of stuff, and I have been looking at cameras on Amazon, even though I really shouldn't be spending more money. Right. <laughs> and you know what I'm running into is I can find stuff with that looks like it would at least be a good starter for our purposes, but it doesn't ever have an external microphone input. That's what I'm running into is I cannot oh. find something with an external microphone input that isn't $600. Well, they don't make – when I first started, they didn't make – wildly available consumer cameras for the purpose of filmmaking. Yeah. I know with my first camera I spent literally a year researching before I made a purchase, also saving money. Um, but uh, yeah, if you if you look you gotta find you'll find what you what you need, or you'll just call me because I'm just down the street. Yeah, yeah, that's why you know. I, I think I messaged you a little while ago asking you know about yeah. you know for some uh, advice on that because I mean we really don't need anything super high tech. We're not making movies. We'd like to do a couple of uh, video like vignettes or something yeah. for the show. But I, I and correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure that if I get anything without an external microphone, I'm going to regret it. Yeah, because it sounds never like never use yeah. an onboard mic. No, yeah. you also they also have. Um, field recorders that are pretty cheap. You can get them for like under 100 bucks, and they have two stereo mics on them. Um, you can't get them really close. If, if you're shooting somebody, you actually can't stick, stick it in there, but yeah. it has like mic inputs as well, so you can always use that. Um, okay. They're pretty cheap. They're and then called, sync it afterwards? Yeah, you can, there's, um, you can either do it visually or there's this awesome program called Pluralize, which I discovered during Elixir that saved me hundreds of hours of work and it uses algorithms to sync um, your video footage with your audio footage mm. so you actually don't it eliminates the need for uh, a, a slate a clapperboard and so it just looks at the wavelengths because most cameras still have an onboard mic and so it's still usually always recording that so it looks at the wavelengths up with the onboard mic and matches it up with the wavelengths of the uh, of the actual microphone that you're using to record totally so. writing that down <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's, it's cheap. It's like 100 150 bucks nice. for that program. See, we really need advertisers so we can do this cool stuff. <laughs> He's busy writing down. So. <laughs> Actually, speaking of um, local haunts, I had the opportunity to visit uh, 13 Curves. I haven't yet to be there, and I really want to go. It It is an experience. A friend of mine and fellow filmmaker, Brian Hewitt, um, had been discussing uh, a documentary project on local haunts and haunted 
or narrowing it down to Haunted Roads, so that's why I, how I learned about uh, Whiskey Hollow. Um, we went to 13 Curves um, at night, uh, drove the length down, and when they say you need to slow down, they are serious. <laughs> it yeah. is quite treacherous. Yes. Great treacherous. Looks great on film. In fact, speaking of which, um, at last weekend's Slaughter in Syracuse Horror Film Fest, um, filmmaker David Royal uh, presented his film We Are Familiar, and in which there was a driving scene. He goes, he wanted something with character. Jason West goes, go down to 13 curves. And it looks beautiful on film because he just keeps turning, and I'm doing visuals on a podcast, so. <laughs> um, We've all been guilty one yeah, time or another. No, uh, we had one down. We drove the length, and then back up, and then back down again. And then we decided to walk the length up and down. Um, there's a residential area. But after that residential area, there is there's no there's no street lights, there's no homes, it's just guardrails. There's a stream, and you don't hear anything else. It is the quietest environment I've been in for some time. If you, it's almost like one of those. Black box. Oh yeah, 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 yes. Because that's all you hear. It's freaky. And um, we were only lit by the camera light, and that was only going as far as this table, which you cannot see. Um, At one point, we turned off. I turned off the light to see how dark it was going to be, and just pitch just a wall of dark, pitch black. Um, I can easily see how people's imagination fills in things there, and. Definitely, with the treacherousness of the road, it's easy to believe that accidents have occurred. I mean, the story is, um, oh, what's the story, if I can recall? After a newly married couple left their reception with the intent of driving to downstate to New York City, um, and there was an argument as they were driving, drivers distracted, crash, she perishes. Um, so, so the mythology is that uh, the ghost, you can still see the ghost bride there. Um, but it, yeah, it, it's easy to let your imagination fill in a lot of things there. A funny part was, because <clears throat> it's so dead silent, <clears throat> we're walking. Occasionally we're seeing a car, but if you ever had a car that had like those, like you get in those new tires, and even when you're dry driving it, you can feel how the tires grip the road, mm-hmm. yeah. you hear that sound. Well, when you hear that sound out of context in the middle of night on a supposedly haunted road, <laughs> coming out of nowhere before, before you can see the lights, it just... And it moved up, that sound moved in on us, and it uh, took us there for a moment. <laughs> 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 
So, but uh, yeah, definitely one of. Uh, I mean, obviously, if you visit, take care. Um, yeah, have some kind of reflector or light. If you're walking along the road, and please drive slowly along yeah. the road. But uh, definitely a, a Syracuse um, haunted haunted road worth checking out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. sure. I think the light playing across the trees as you're turning is probably oh, sure. responsible yeah, for a lot of stuff people see. Oh, yeah. yeah. And hits those leaves and stuff, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. What was that, a Pikachu? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone's... I'm going to guess that there's nobody... Going along, <laughs> thirteen curves looking for. Okay, they're everywhere. Okay, people well, are everywhere. Well, I imagine there's some of the darkest pe Pokemon then. They're right? there. Yeah. Ghost, ghost ones. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We don't want to go there yet, do we? No, okay. no, we don't. Um, so, uh, what are you, what are you working on yeah. these days? So the last time I think you and I spoke, you were storyboarding Kill Her. Yeah, I was working on <clears throat> storyboarding. Um, Killer is intended to be my new, next feature-length film. Um, I've completed a script, the script. Uh, I've completed the shot list. I've completed the screen breakdowns. Um, doing storyboards now. And um, right now, just talking to um, people who might be interested in being in the film. Um, I know the, you had met uh, actress Greta Bolt. I cannot pronounce it. Is it Yes, yes, yeah. Um, I've been talking to, her, talking to her and also just getting her general input. Um, being that the crux of the story is, is a... Um, from a woman's perspective. So that's important. Um, so that's just still in development, so I don't really have much to get into on that. Um, a lot of what I've been doing lately is working with other, not just filmmakers, but entertainers in the area, helping out. Um, James Cheeseman, who performs under the, um, the name Powder, Powder, Powder J. He's a nerdcore rapper and he just released an album at a recent convention of it's a whole Star Wars themed album <laughs> and well, he's got <clears throat> one track called Star Wars Chick it's about having the woman in his life support him so much that she's out looking for figures for him <laughs> so um so we're sh uh, he's asked me to shoot the video. We uh, we shot part of the video at a local shop, and then we're going to shoot the rest at an upcoming. Um, I think they're calling it Syracuse SummerCon. Um, normally, uh, the promoter is Teddy Teddy C Haynes. He does the power cons. Yes. So we're going to be shooting the rest. Friend of the show. Rest there, yeah. So we've got that in the future. Um, I'm also doing another music video um, for Last Hope Entertainment. <clears throat> it's going to feature skate. It's by Skateboard, featuring Exotics. I'm sorry for screwing up your stage name, um, but it's Brandon Mathis, aka Skateboard, and Xavier Sanchez, aka Exotic, um, for Skateboard's song Cope. Um, and so, you know, they're thinking about doing a, you know, a rap music video. So, of course, you know, you 
find the whitest guy you can in play. <laughs> um, but no, I, you know, it's a good of be a, I, I like to try different things. Uh, it's something I hadn't done before. Um, we haven't filmed anything for that, but we, it was a lot of the time has just been sitting down, working out, working out a script. Um, it's definitely a challenging format when it's like, well, we can take all the time we want, want in a film. Oh, yeah. oh this has got to be under three minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's hard and one. tell a story. And feature, and feature the entertainers. What the hell? I haven't done that before. But we've got some great ideas, and these guys have great energy, and cool. these guys are really positive in their message, so they're definitely worth checking out. You can find them on Facebook. I would imagine there's a lot more shots in a music video. Or potentially as many as cut, like, you cut know, a lot film. more than you do in the yeah, film. Of cutting, yeah, yeah, it's a lot of mm-hmm. just quick shots. Yeah. Um, actually, I did something kind of to prep myself for that. Um, I did a, a 30 second spot for Graveyard Fresh. Are you familiar with him? If you've been to any of anything locally, I've heard he's he, um, you, you've probably seen his um, hearse. He's yes. a he's a it's a service. He can take you to prom, or he can just take you home if you had a late late night out. Um, he's a great guy, and he had, it's like he wanted to work on a spot because he works with um, some of the haunted attractions in the area, and people can get a ride to the haunted oh, attraction cool. in a hearse. If you want to prep yourself for going to a haunted attraction, yeah, hearse, go in a hearse. So definitely, definitely, and we shot. He needed a thirty-second spot. That was going to go on to that attraction's commercial, so that was definitely good prep work. It's like, what story can I tell in thirty seconds? You know, less you know, thirty seconds that shows what he does, but also sells the idea. You know, sets the tone. So, yeah. Um, Music video is going to seem much longer after that, <laughs> so that's definitely fun. And and yeah, if you're in the Syracuse area, just check him out. Graveyard Fresh. He's also on Facebook. Um, and I said James Cheeseman's before. Um, he's out there as uh, Power Powder J. Um, what else? Oh, so much going on. A lot of. If I don't have something going on myself, or if I'm waiting to put something together trying to reach out to other people and see how I can help them. I don't like to be idle. Um, so next month I'm going to do, be doing some post-production work on E&H Productions film by Sean Ubley, Clark County Massacre, Greta. She's in that film as well. Um, I had helped Sean before with some post-production work on his earlier film, Hellbound. Yep. The, the, the Adirondacks Apocalypse, the zombie apocalypse, which was a lot of fun to do. Um, and I have permission to ed- play around with somebody else's film. It's nice. I love. I just love editing. I love editing. I, I was... Sometimes if I had nothing else, I would just find, find a film. It's like, oh, I'm just going to fix this a little bit. <laughs> um, and then more post-production work. I'm going to be doing post-production work on Brian Hewitt of Hewitt's Films, film Transformation, which is, he doesn't like to describe it just as a horror film, but it's a, um, 
maybe a serial killer thriller mystery that's all shot in the Syracuse area. Uh, like his previous film, Rise Up and Fall, if you've lived in Syracuse or familiar with Syracuse at all, you're going to see so many of the landmarks. Um, I actually was fortunate enough to be in his first film, which was a six-part TV series that aired locally along with his feature film, Rise Up and Fall. I had the, had the role of uh, Joey Fitz. <laughs> <laughs> That was fun. And I also had a smaller role in um, this film, Transformation. I, I, I do better now. I'm not, a, I, I'm not a criminal. I'm a police captain. So that was a lot, that was a lot of fun. Um, what else is going on? Um, and then later this summer, I get to work. Actually, I get to act, which is fun, with um, a filmmaker from... Just a little north of Albany, that I, who, whose work I've always enjoyed. His name is Michael Caslow. Uh, his company is Archangel Productions. Um, I really fell in love with his work from an earlier short film called The Vampire Assassin. Um, quite fun. Um, he's also done films, the films Bloodlust Encrypted. And I'll be going up to, because I pretty much just begged him for a role in anything, <laughs> to be in a, his short, uh, short film. Um, titled Brutal, and I've read the script, and it is appropriately, um, appropriately titled, and um, it's quite a bit of violence, and so it makes me worried about him. <laughs> and um, I, I play the role of human waiter. Yes, human. It was the role I was born to play. <laughs> yeah, it's like he can pull off human, I think. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I was, uh, you know, I was considering a whole oh, waiter. You know, I should do some research on. I should do some research on this character, but it's not going to work out because most of the restaurants I go to have a dollar menu. Nice. So yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to have to wing it. Um, yeah, and then um, last week at Slaughter in Syracuse. Um, I had the release of my second documentary um, title after Slaughter in Syracuse because it's um, a documentary about the underground um, extreme horror film community. Um, and we had that at the show. Um, a lot of, well, it's four hours of interviews on three discs with. Uh, just like a spectrum of all the different filmmakers that were both in attendance at the event or were guests. But I'm always interested in talking to you know the directors because everybody's story is unique and how they got to where they where they are is unique or what yeah. drove them to where they are is unique. Um, and a lot of them are really inspiring, and so. That helps helps me keep you know good cheer and being positive Very going cool. forward. So awesome. it's always a, it's always a fun experience. Awesome, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah I, I was following that on uh, on Facebook and Twitter. I saw you you were running up to the finish. Oh yeah, getting ready with it. Yeah, and I also saw. Are you working on a horror anthology? Um, I am working on um, I'm developing some some scripts for something I'd like to put together before 
as I said, right now I have other work to do on Killer and also talking to people and also working on getting a budget together. Um, this will, Killer will cost more than anything that I've done before quite substantially. So I'd like something to A, both keep me busy, um, B, won't cost any money. Um, C, give me an opportunity to work with a lot of different actors. Uh, so, before moving on to a feature, maybe I get an opportunity doing a horror anthology where I get to work with a large group of different people in different roles, find out their strengths, and you know, hopefully find people who would be interested in moving on to the project. Um, so, I've got nine scripts laid out, but these are, uh, have you seen, are you familiar with the ABCs of death? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. Remember, they were like three minute, yeah. three minute stories? We're talking like that. Yeah, we're yeah. talking. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to do anything at some form of release, I'm going to have to come up with quite, quite a few more. Yeah. So. And it's also a potential if, if it's something that I can release that will help us put together some more money. Yeah. yeah. Either some more money towards the budget of killer or just brought, bring attention to that, that projects. Um, letting people know what I'm capable of doing, building their confidence in supporting me in what will be actually a very large project for myself. So very cool. Now I have a question Keep for building. both of you. Yes. Um, kind of jumping off of that, okay. uh, you mentioned that you're going to have to get a lot of different actors for a lot of different short segments. Yeah. Do you now? If you came to me and said, "Hugh, I'm looking for an, an actor and actress. You know, do you have any friends who are actors?" I'd be like, uh, "No." I know a lot of people that are good liars, but nobody <laughs> that actually acts professionally. Now, on a local level, do you first of all do you find a lot of local actors, and second of all, do you find you have better luck with people who? have acting background or do you end up pulling in people who haven't done it before but have the personality maybe you're looking for or something along those lines because I, I would imagine doing indie productions you might end up working with people who maybe haven't acted this may be the first time they've acted in something because you saw something in them well in my first film I knew who I had friends that I knew I could call upon and I'd known them long enough to know you know what their character's like so I tailored their roles to who I knew they were, to who I knew they were. Um, so that was fortunate. It worked out. It worked out well because they were natural. You know, they were. Uh, let me give a give a give an example. Um, this one actress, Jessie, she had worked worked with me before at. Um, in my retail job, um, and she was describing one day some dessert treat that she really adored, and I forgot what it was, and she would just make this, like, orgasmic shudder when she just thought of eating it, like, <sighs> so that was Michael Allen Fitzgerald doing an orgasmic shudder, ladies and gentlemen. So, a part of the, um, in, in, in the movie, she plays a really dark, twisted individual. Not saying she is, but um, and, and, so at one point I go, 
give me that snack treat shutter you do. And it was just like, so it was there, because I knew her. And so I could, it was easy to call about that. But I also love when I can work with someone with experience. Um, I really got the pleasure of working with Ryan Santiago, um, who has done stage work. He's done numerous films in Utica for Mad Angel Films. Um, and he had done, he came on board for my zombie short condition. Um, and that was just a great experience. To have some people come in, they're all they prep, they know their lines, they have the questions that they that they need answers for to get into their role, to understand their character, and just understand why they're saying what they're saying. So I've had both experiences. I've enjoyed both, but I'm also always looking to work with people who are just simply passionate about it. I mean, if someone wants to to be involved in it, I'm not gonna be the one, not gonna be the one to tell them no. There's always a role. There's always something to do. If, if it's not in front of the screen, it's behind the screen. Um, as you said, if you guys, if I have something going on, um, I would definitely enjoy having you guys just sit in and visit. Yeah, it's, that would be awesome. You know, definitely behind the camera. No one wants to see yeah. yeah. That's what you guys are doing on podcast, right? That's right. Uh, <laughs> no, we're doing a podcast because it's cheap. <laughs> I'm doing it because I don't want this face out there. It's just not right. Those are crimes against humanity right there. <laughs> but yes, Matt, same question to you. Yeah, so kind of in the same manner for Whiskey Hollow as, as some of Michael's projects is Whiskey Hollow was all, this is myself and my group of friends. We, most of us had no acting experience. You know, a few of them did some theatrical stuff, you know, plays and musicals in high school and stuff, but um, most of us had no idea what we were doing. Definitely not actors. Um, but then as I kind of progressed, you know, with the, with the following film, but even in my view, we actually held a casting call and we got some local actors from the Syracuse area. Uh, and then we still had some roles to fill in. So we kind of conned in some of our, uh, friends or some of their parents to play some roles. And it's kind of interesting because sometimes, as you said, Hugh, people who don't normally act can do a good job. Um, it's kind of like they didn't know it was in them. So there are a few actors in some of my films that weren't quote unquote actors, but they still did a really good job on screen. They had a great uh, on-screen presence and theatricality to them. Um, and then with the most recent feature I did, Elixir, up in Vermont, um, it was pretty much all um, actors. Um, and that was mostly the Burlington area. And Burlington, Vermont, has a great great community, um, great artistic community, so lots of actors, lots of plays, lots of uh, filming going on there. So we actually... We're lucky enough to pull from a pretty large pool of people to fulfill our needs. Um, and even in Syracuse, there's a lot. But, you know, I haven't done much shooting here in, in a few years, but, you know, when we were shooting at Demon Review, there was still a lot of people here, and I'm sure that you can contest this. There's still, there's a pretty big uh, community base in this area, people who, like you said, either want to be on screen or off the screen. There's definitely a lot of interest in filmmaking here, and so there's definitely talent out there. Uh, in the area, so it's usually not too difficult to find people to be a part of your films. I wasn't aware of it, but this is I mean, there is a lot of underground indie filmmaking going on around here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just just through just doing what we're doing, we've bumped into quite a few. Yeah, I mean, we, we ran into you by happenstance. We you just walked by and looked at us, and we're like, hey, you come here. <laughs> so 
I mean, and it's amazing. It's same with John Ginty. We <coughs> ran into him at Icon in, um, in with Paragon Studios. Is that Paragon Productions? He's going to murder Ginty? me. When, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, he, he's got his whole thing going on, too. He's dipping into horror this time, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know where I'm going with that. No, he was, was at the, the last PowerCon that we were at, we were at together. He was showing yeah. his film, <laughs> The Good Villain. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We, we, were, we, we have we, hours and hours of footage about, or of, of <clears throat> audio about that. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, anyway. we, and we saw Sean there as well. I actually watched uh, the copy of Hellbound oh. from him uh, two weeks ago. Was it two weeks ago? Was it before the last show or was it last weekend? Uh, it was after the last show. Okay, so yeah, so it was last weekend I watched it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah? It, it, I mean, it's a kitchen sink film. It's got like any concept you could throw in, throw in there. <laughs> you know, well, we got zombies. Well, oh, well, we got this uh, police detective mob story and we've got a... Uh, <laughs> English mad bomber. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Oh, oh, we got militant nuns. What? Yeah, she's got a bazooka. What? <laughs> no, yeah, I, I was, I was when they went back to the cop thing. I was like, wait, what's going on? And then, then I finally realized it's a flashback. But it, it confused me at yeah. first. <laughs> I haven't watched this yet. Either. I'll, I'll, I'll bring you the DVD. I, I bought it when we were at the uh, Syracon. Syracon Powercon. I can't keep those straight. Whatever. It was it's, a convention. It was considered a Powercon. Teddy Con. They're all going to be Teddy, Teddy Con. There Teddy we go. C. Haynes. From this yes. point forward, they're all Teddy Cons. Yes. Supporting the geek life in, well, pretty much all upstate New York. Yeah, throughout. Yeah. 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 A lot of th- lot of thanks to him. Yes. He's been very, very good to us, too. Very good to us. He, I, if, there is no question that he does it for the love. Yes. He does it for the love. I mean, you hear a lot of stories nowadays about events organizers who are just doing despicable things and I gotta tell you he is so above board and you know it's it's not about it's not just solely about the money yes it's about the experience for everybody is there everybody who is in there is part of it's not just a community for him it's a family yeah I think he's just happy to see these people he wants them to have a good time. He, he wants everybody to have the best experience. And if you've got a guy who's doing this, you know, twice a year, he's really doing it for us. He's really doing it for the geeks, the fans, the collectors. And I, I, I cannot possibly imagine not supporting him in doing that. Absolutely. We feel We've the even same tried way. to get him on mic. He refuses. He says he doesn't have oh, a story yeah. to tell, which is a load of shit. <laughs> I think he's got lots of stories to tell. He does, but tell. he doesn't want to tell them. He's a humble guy. Mm-hmm. So. so are we going to move on uh, to the other segments, Paul? You've got we that should. look on we your face. We want to give these guys um, the opportunity to tell everybody where they can find them. Uh, I was going to do that. I also wanted to ask you guys, um, generally when we have a guest on, they, they hang out for the whole time. Now, I know you just yeah. came up from New York City. If you've got to go, I mean, that, that's fine. We want to give you the option before we get into the rest of the show, but we'd love to have you on. For the rest of the time, yeah, both of you, yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll fantastic. Yeah, sure. But yeah, definitely. Uh, let us know where we can find you. Yeah, so uh, we have a website. It's uh, com. and um, our short films and our music videos are on there for free. Um, they are linked to our Vimeo Pro accounts. Um, they also have links to our feature films, uh, which are on Vimeo and also on DVD and Blu-ray. Um, and there's also new segments up there, so we keep it updated with uh, kind of our projects and what's in development, what's in post, and uh, so 
it's a good place to check out all of our stuff and see where we're headed in the future. And check awesome. the show notes for these links as well. But I cool. do not have a website. I <laughs> but do you not. do have a prolific Twitter account. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I enjoy Twitter. Um, so I think I just had this up here. I am uh, Mike A. Fitzgerald on Twitter. Um, that's where I'm. There is a Fiendish Films, which is my company name, um, but it hasn't been updated because um, some days when you're a one-man band, you don't touch on everything. Preaching to the choir, brother. Yeah. the choir. Yeah. Speaking of being one-man band, just out here, listeners or anybody out there, always looking for people. Um, contact me on Twitter. Twitter? No. <laughs> contact me. Those on, are not the kind of people you want working with you. Contact me on Twitter or any social media. Um, you know, I just want to, you know, like Teddy, I want to build a family. I want to build a family, a community. We can all have fun. We can make some movies. Do we get to be the red-headed stepchild in that family? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> now, you got, these guys would make great background it background actors. It's true. Why? Because they fill up a lot of space on camera. You don't need as many of them. He went, wow. Wow. I like Well, I think that's, I think that's, I stole that. I'm pretty sure I stole that from Lloyd Kaufman. Um, Joel Fletcher, one of it. One of his actors, he sadly just passed. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you might yeah. know of I him. I saw that. Yeah, um, he was he was very a, large. He was yes. a he was a large individual, but beloved in the trauma community. Community, and I believe he started as a background actor. As like, and I think Lloyd sits on the extent of it's like he's great because we don't need many more people there. <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> Do you want to roll into the news? We can roll into and the this news. Is, and oh. this is the last time you'll be hearing from me. I <laughs> Black ball. Yeah. So I'll be walking gonna... out to the car. This this studio window will be open, and I'll be hearing. That son of a bitch! <laughs> Fuck! Did he God. just call us fat? God damn! Watch your ah. Oh, don't worry. I, I actually had a, a joke that I uh, constructed. Paul that was far worse than that. that I'm not even going to throw out there so uh, because it's it's just so awful and rude I, I don't even feel like I can say it I mean I've been uh, 210 for many years so I, I'm re- I can I mean I, I don't I don't know if you really would want me to go there Paul it's pretty oh, vicious oh is it like it is yeah. <laughs> oh you should, you should totally go there. well I'm curious now, now you yeah you can you can throw it out there oh well okay, okay I mean remember I edit so I can always take oh this is true this is true uh, but you know, I, I was I was thinking about this. I was, you know, as I'm always thinking about bits and things, you know, I can bring to the show. And okay, thank God, I thought you were thinking because I'm always thinking about Paul. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 don't flatter yourself. Well, yes, but no. Uh, so I, I was thinking because uh, I had an experience this week where I, I uh, had a bit of an accident with my face, uh, which we'll talk about later. And that got me thinking, uh, for some reason, about it, it jumped from insults to how can I pick on Paul, which a lot of my thoughts do. That's, that's and and uh, I, I was thinking to myself, you know what? It, he's going to hate me for this. I don't even want to do this because I don't actually mean it. This is just awful, Paul. You really want me to go here? Yes. You've got the build up. You have to. Yeah. <sighs> that you, you kind of look like your dad jerked off in his hand and fist fucked your mom and threw the <laughs> sperm at the egg too hard, and that's why your face looks like that. <laughs> 
that was yeah. intense. That's, 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 that's uh, I don't, I don't feel bad about myself. <laughs> All of a sudden, you kind of went three wow. different ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You need to be able to wedge that into something, though. I, I know. Oh, it was, it was just a, a good one. That's what you need to say, though. But yeah. yeah, but I can't use it now. I no. just used it unless yeah. we take it out. Well, no, but I don't want to use it because there's not going to be a situation where I'm actually going to want to say that to you. It just it was something that, that happened in my head, and I'm like, this is really funny, oh, but man. I don't really want to put him down. He's my friend. That's really awful. Tears. I feel bad. I'm Look at me, man. I'm emotional. <sighs> just get to the news. Okay, I'll get to the news. We're going to do something a little different this week. As uh, I uh, discussed last week, I've been having trouble finding news items. Uh, because everything I post to the Facebook feed, I don't want to talk about. So, not as much comic news this week, but I am gra- going to start grabbing things that may not be genre-related, but I find interesting. Because it's still news, and if we can laugh at it, that's kind of the point. So, we're going to start up with, uh, in Oswego, they call this the reverse cowgirl. Uh, now, there have been some researchers uh, in, let me get the, in Africa who are trying to find ways to stop the lions from attacking the cows. So, they're starting to draw big eyes on the cow's buttocks. So that the lions think that their prey is looking at them. Hopefully that they won't attack them. <laughs> I'm just losing it. I'm sorry. Continue. Well, well, it's a study. It's something they're trying. Uh, I, I thought that was very interesting. It was accompanied of a picture with a cow with two giant eyes on either side of its butthole. Uh, which is a visual you just can't let go of. Oh. And, you know, harkened back to, you know, my childhood hearing stories in Oswego County growing up there. So I thought it was kind of appropriate for the news. Probably not really. But hey, what <laughs> the hell? I'm n- I do, but I'm not going to show it. Why? We well, can all, we, we can all look it up later on our own computer. computer. Because it's a Polaroid from 1984. Shut up. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, you don't come around here, Cho Moore. I don't know if you've heard this, but Frank Cho is no longer drawing the uh, variant covers for Wonder Woman. And apparently this is a big thing happening uh, just just breaking the past you know twenty four hours, there is some kind of rift between Frank Cho and Greg Rucka. Greg Rucka is uh, one of the uh, big editorial guys at DC Comics. Now Frank Cho claims that uh, Greg has been uh, censoring his uh, variant covers, saying that they're too sexy. Now Frank Cho has been called out for over sexualizing a lot of the females that he draws uh, in the past. This is something he's known for. But he is stating that he is using the very same costume and proportions that are found within the comic book. Now, it was a big deal when he signed on to draw these variant covers. Cause, and you can confirm this for me, Paul. Uh, I'm familiar with variants, but apparently every single comic has a variant now. I pretty much. So. Yeah, that's yeah. dumb. But anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's a big deal having a big-name artist uh, attached to your book every single month. Now, he was supposed to do a number of these. He's going to be ending at issue three because of this riff, but he came right out and, and called Greg Rucka out on this. I thought it was six. I thought yeah, yeah. He originally he was signed on for six, but he's stopping after three. He quit. Gotcha. He's done. So, I mean, that's kind of a big deal. And yeah. uh, I'm just curious to see what the fallout on this is going to be because generally when uh, <laughs> breakups happen in comics, uh, it's not immediately that public. I mean, it sounds like he quit yesterday. This all came to a head, and he went out and called one of the biggest guys in the industry basically a dick. Yeah. For all intents and purposes. Uh, no. He might have trouble finding work. No. No, he won't. You don't think no, so? He is, no. he, he is much too talented. Yeah, he is phenomenal. If anything, just out of spite, Marvel will put him on something. Uh, well, this is true. This is true. He was working independently, I mean, before mm-hmm. moving. Before moving to the moving to the majors, and I don't think he'd have any problems. No, supporting well, that, that's himself. that's good then. And he's um, he's also yes, there's a central aspect to his work, but he's also 
progressive in the sense that he draws accurately, accurate women's bodies, and they're also full women women's bodies. I mean, these are women who actually have a belly. God forbid. Um, no, I think he he does beautiful work, but he also you know it's a great representation of the the woman's form. Okay. Um, not the you know not the stick figures with the like a Jim Bellant kind of balloon boobs. So, but I don't think he's going to have any trouble working. Well, that's good to know, and yeah. thank you for that information because I'm familiar with Frank Cho somewhat, but mm-hmm. um, I, I catch what I read in the news, yeah. so I don't always get the whole story. That makes me wonder, then, why they would be trying to censor his Wonder Woman for being overly sexualized, because th- those are the words that are being bandied around, that uh, it has something to do with it being too risque. Well, this has been going on for for a while now. I mean, there was that uh, Spider Woman. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, there yeah. was that Spider Woman cover from a with while with a couple back. extra joints. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but I mean, you know, th- I mean, this is the sexualization of these characters has been going on since probably the last big bubble in the nineties. Well, hell, with Wonder Woman, it's been for their entire seventy-five year career. I mean. I'm- at the beginning, there was the whole deal with all the the latent BDSM stuff, right? BDSM, yeah. B, uh, I'm so I don't know my purview. There's there, there's too many acronyms these days. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I don't even know how to describe my daughter because of all these acronyms. So. <laughs> LGBTQT something. I don't know. LGBTQ. Yeah. I think that I, I think the word you're using. You're going to end up using is estranged. <laughs> no, no, yeah. no, not strange. Estranged. Uh, yeah, strange little, is more like. Be a little. I'd be a little careful. <laughs> Next up in the news, the wasabi is a lie. Now, uh, I don't know if we have any sushi fans here, but uh, yes. you apparently have not actually been eating wasabi and no, didn't even note it. Me neither. Don't like huh? it. Oh, well, it, it turns out that uh, the wasabi that we get served at most Chinese restaurants, little green paste, we get isn't actually wasabi. Uh, wasabi is a very temperamental plant, and it requires it not to be too cool, but not to be too hot, not to be too wet, but not to be too dry. So basically, it's a pain in the ass. Growing wasabi is like you know being married, and it's almost impossible to keep it happy. So what they've been doing for years, and we did not know this, is taking regular horseradish, dyeing it green, and mixing it with a little mustard and vinegar. Now, this is apparently something people don't know. Real wasabi can cost up to $160 per gram. I've known that it's just horseradish for ages. I I didn't know that because they always call it wasabi. Never liked it, so I don't care. Actually, it's on a little packet of ingredients. Wow. Man. Interesting. Look at... Man. I'm going to have Mike do the news because I'm just wrong. Do you go go to Wegmans? Best place. Best place sushi. if you want quick, just quick sushi. I'm not going to say it's like the best out there. No, it's it is really. Good. Yeah, it is really. There's good, some yeah, really yeah. fine restaurants, but if you just want a quick sushi, definitely Wegmans. Oh, you can't beat that. I mean, it's it's not going to like measure up to uh, like Ichiban or something like that. But I think Wegmans is probably my go-to because oh, yeah. I can go there and get sushi without spending 125 dollars. Yeah. Yeah, you get like what a giant thing of sushi for oh, yeah. seven, twelve dollars. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely very reasonable. Yes. Now, for my money, and it's because I work downtown, I, I'm going to give them a free plug. Maybe they'll give me a free lunch next time. Uh, Sakana Ya, downtown, right in Armory Square. 
phenomenal. We go on Mondays, half price sushi. It's on the conveyor belt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think the reason, because I was always under the impression that wasabi was a Japanese horseradish. So when I saw horseradish on there, I assumed it meant Japanese uh. horseradish. Uh, I did not know that this is public uh, knowledge, so uh, thank you. But I feel kind of dumb now. <laughs> Why was he? I, didn't know. I don't know either. No, I, I thought it was. Uh, I thought this was a thing. Apparently, this wasn't news. Damn it! <laughs> io nine is failing me. I'm going to actually have to do my own work now. Wasabi is also the I... name of uh, I think it's Jean Renault, who was the killer in The Professional. He also did a, a film called Wasabi, which is also worth watching. Hmm. Nice. What were you saying? <laughs> Next up, hopefully this will kindle a fire under Netflix now. Uh, I don't know if you saw this yesterday, but um, Amazon is now going to allow their um, members of Amazon Video and Prime members to download videos, both the ones that are uh, you know that you rent and the ones that you can just watch for free on Prime to your SD cards of your devices. Now that's kind of a big deal because let's say you want to watch something. Let's say you're going to be out of town. I mean, we go camping a lot. So uh, if you want to grab a movie maybe for a rainy day or grab a couple episodes of a TV show for the four-year-old so she doesn't drive you fucking crazy while you're trying to start a campfire, uh, this is something that's possible now. Uh, I'm wondering, since Amazon's really trying hard to complete, compete with Netflix, and I, I don't, you, you guys might know this um, just because you make movies and you, have to, you may have to get captions for them. I know this because I work for a company that creates them. Uh, but Amazon has started trying to compete with YouTube with their Amazon Direct Video Service. And they're really trying to come in here and say, hey, YouTube, Netflix, screw you guys. We're bigger. Uh, This might actually change the industry because when any of the big players do something, of course, the other guys have to follow. Now, can you imagine if uh, Daredevil Season 3 comes out and you're able to download, probably with a limit, the first couple episodes, put them on your phone and take them wherever you go? Yeah. That could be an entire industry changing. I I can't speak for Matt, but we don't spend hours on hand building visual composition for you to watch it on a three and a half, three three by five inch inch device where (laughs) you're not even going going to, you know, enjoy all the subtle nuances that we worked hard to put into or even like really even see everything or all that sound work. Yeah. Oh, the sound's got to be perfect. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, well... Oh, but just remember, there if is, you're still there, being there watch, are, Amazon's paying you. There is stories. There are stories that uh, can be can be enjoyed by that. Like back in the day, I'm old. Um, I had time to kill after after a work shift. I was went, working at uh, UPS unloading trucks, and I had a friend who I'd ride in with. He would work a couple, like an hour later. Yeah. Um, so he had these tapes that he recorded the dialogue for movies from, and some movies would be perfect for that kind of device because they're not really visual films. Like Clerks, you can listen, just oh, listen to yeah. Clerks. Yeah. I mean, you've, as long as you've seen it before, the whole thing's right there in front of you, and that's that's a perfect film that if you want to watch watch on it, watch on a device because it's just that dialogue or Quentin Tarantino's. Definitely watch it first on a larger screen, but that's something you can just like listen to the dialogue. I would always just listen to um, Reservoir Dogs. That's just the perfect one. But for most of the experiences, if I want to experience something, I want to experience on a screen. I want to want to see it. Um, Yeah, I agree. I don't think it. I don't. That's why I never thought these things would be real. 
game changers. They always talk about what's going to be changing, changing the game and portable devices. I mean, if that was such a thing, you know, if that was such a thing, why we, we still have theaters. We still have, you know, physical media. We still have the huge TVs. There's no convenience to any of these things. There's more of a cost to any of these things, but people who really, truly enjoy film or even, yeah. even, even some really beautiful television out there. I think of how much television visually has evolved in years. People aren't going to, you know, are you going to watch a true detective on, on your phone? Are you going to watch a get, the Battle of the Bastards from Game of Thrones on your, on, you know, are you Oh, that's a sweeping visual. I can see, oh, here they are in the corner of the screen. Oh, no, I covered that up with my thumb. I didn't see that. You know, are you going to want, are, are, do you want those moments? Um, Sullied? Do you want them broken up by, oh, got a notification. Oh, got a notification. <laughs> I, I know I don't, but yeah. a very significant segment of the population does. I mean, that's one of it's the. It's true. A lot of people do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's And I think a lot of, some of it's younger people. Like, she watches everything on her portable device. Uh, even while we're watching a movie on our TV, yeah, she watches stuff on her portable device. Uh, it, it is sad, and, no, and it I certainly don't watch things. Something you do. Oh. <laughs> you still I, I go in your room and you're always watching Netflix. Uh, I agree with you that we can't experience those things as well. But I think there's a lot of people that just don't care about the it's true the, yeah, the, the, all the effort that you put into yeah. it. They want to consume and consume, which is kind of the nature of our yeah. culture. Um, True. So, I, both sides, I think, uh, on both sides of it, you're absolutely right. But I, I kind of feel like, I don't know if that's going to stop. Well, I know? do prefer the TV, but it's just more convenient because I don't always have access to the TV. Or, you know, Avery's awake a lot of the time. So, it's just more convenient for me to watch it on my iPad. But I can't, like, I hate watching things on my phone because it's just... Too small. It's yeah. too yeah. small. And yeah, notifications. I get a lot of those. I wouldn't know what that's like. Nobody talks to me. <laughs> Quality. I have lots of friends. I mean, good art will bring people to the larger formats. That's uh, that's it. Yeah, I, I honestly, I have no more Food Network shows to watch because I've literally just been watching Food Network shows because you know. You're not gonna have little details like yeah. that. Yeah, it's just yeah. some things are better suited suited that for that format. But yeah, it just makes you hungry. If you were on vaca- <laughs> if you were on vacation in Paris, by the Louvre, you know what the Mona Lisa looks like. Why do I need to see it? I can bring in a picture of Richard. You are gonna walk in there and oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Assuming they have that, I know art history knowledge. I, think that's <laughs> I, I think you're right. I but you know, you would. We're good. We're. Still going to try try to find ways to connect with art. And one more news item, which leads into something else on the list. Uh, maybe they should call it Pokemon Go Get a Spare Battery. <laughs> okay. Uh, now, I, I know, unless you've been living under a rock or you happen to be very rare yourself, that uh, Pokemon Go has pretty much taken over the world. Now, people have lots of different viewpoints on this, whether it's um, a waste of time, whether it's a great thing. Uh we just kind of wanted to talk on it or touch on it because it is a big, has big significance right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, it is bigger than Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I will say that I think more people are playing Pokemon Go than are going to church. So uh, this definitely seems to be a big deal. This past week, Android Central, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but they're one of the big mobile uh, device website. 
and it's a place where people go to get their news about the new Samsungs and Apples and all that kind of stuff. Uh, they've stated that the reason there have been 100-plus Pokemon-related uh, articles in a week, because people were complaining, is that their website traffic has reached an all-time high. The, the biggest each individual day they've ever had. And, of course, they're saying, you know, part of our, our deal is we have to cater to what people want. We need to generate money for us. And they're working on kind of separating things for the people that don't care about that. But it does speak to the fact, regardless of whether you think it's dumb or awesome, it's huge. Insanely. Yeah. yeah. Which brings us to <laughs> Paul's Poke Diary. Well, no. Hold on. I mean... I did. Let's put this in context, okay? Please do. One week ago, I believe, I sent you a text message saying, hey, I think we need to download this Pokemon game. We need to at least review it for the show. Sure. His response, I believe, let me paraphrase, was, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Um, little did you know that I had already downloaded the game. I was already on it. I, I kind of figured you had. Okay. Um, and I have been, for, for research sake, keeping what I have decided to call a Paul's Pokey Diary. I love it. Yes. Um, I've done it itemized by day, and I, I didn't start writing the diary until Wednesday, so some of it I kind of had to try and remember. Um, but first, I would like to say that this game is asinine. Um, I see no real value in it and I find it dangerous we have people crashing into trees and yeah how's that Central New York has the first confirmed Pokemon Go related car crash yes how awesome is that that and salt potatoes sure. come yes. come move here we have a lot to offer we have salt <laughs> potatoes and Pokemon Go tragedies um, <laughs> California has people walking off cliffs there have uh, been dead bodies found because of this people are getting mugged yeah, I, I heard that. Go. People were. I heard a couple stories where people got locked in cemeteries and had to call the police to let them out because they ran to a cemetery <laughs> looking for a Pokemon, and then the gates got closed and locked, and they were stuck in the freaking cemetery. Well, with the exception of the cemetery, <laughs> um, these things have been happening just because we had cell phones Very before true. that. Yes, we, know, you've always got the idiot that's walking out the street just looking at their phone. Yeah, but those. now people are doing it more. Yes, and they're like. It's they proliferated. They're not they don't spending... look when they turn. They well, just turn. But if they were playing Pokemon Go, these are the same people who would be using their phone on social media. Yeah, or... but when you're on social media, unless it's like you're watching a video or something or reading something, you're generally looking up more than you would with Pokemon Go. Mm-hmm. This, yeah, this is... It's yeah, a, it's brought it to, to a new level. I think. Yes, yes yeah. because you have to pay attention to where the little hints pop up, because the, they, those don't stay there mm-hmm. like an article on your phone would. You have to keep looking at it and then turn. No, well, yeah, if you're going that far, I guess. Yeah. But I don't. I, I When I was playing it, I just rely on it buzzing in my pocket to tell me that there's something staring at me. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> what I was doing when we were uh, at Clark's Reservation. I was playing it on my dad's phone, and I would look at the side of the cliff while I was playing, but... Because it vibrated when a Pokemon showed up, and then I would stop because I can't actually throw the ball while I'm walking. Oh, come on. I figured that one out already. That's easy. Well, it's... I like, mean, I hate I'm, this game. I'm not <laughs> stable enough. I have to, like, stop and look at it because, you know, I didn't want to, like, trip and fall. And die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The people off the cliff. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I, was, I was going for a good story for today, you but she managed to not fall off the cliff, so... 
You should have seen me, like, um, I think it was Thursday night, uh, my mom picked me up, and we went to Wegmans, and I had just, like, experienced this game because I was playing it in the car for her, because she threw her phone at me, and she's like, catch that? <laughs> so, <laughs> I figured out how to use it, so I was playing it while I was walking around Wegmans, and I'm like, there's a Pokemon over by the vegetables, mom, and she's like, go get it, so... I was running around Wegmans trying to catch Pokemon. Wegmans has free Wi-Fi, by the way, so that's one of the places I'll play. To say. So you want me to go into this diary yeah. and see exactly yeah, yeah. what happened over this past week? I only did it for a week. I stopped with Friday. You <coughs> know. Oh, Mike's dying. Okay, he's giving us the thumbs up to keep rolling. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, so. Saturday, June 9th. And I'm just going to read these verbatim the way I have them written now. Downloaded the game, walked around the house, and caught three Pokemon. That was my full experience with it, Saturday. Do you find that there's always a Pidgey on the potty? No. <laughs> just checking. Sunday, June 10th. Opened the app twice throughout the day and made no real progress. Wandered in the backyard to see if there were any Poke Bastards. None. We get to Monday, where I've now had to go back to work. Okay, Monday, June 11th. Announced to my coworkers that I was testing this app. Received pointers from the secretary around the corner. Caught multiple Pokemon from my desk in IT. Tuesday, June 12th. Monitored the app throughout the day from my desk. Took my lunch hour to stroll through downtown collecting Pokestops and new Pokemon. Got a milkshake, too. Oh, look, I got an egg. What does that do? Got the 411 on egg incubation. Finally broke the will of my coworker, Matt. He downloaded the app and began to play. The disease is now spreading. Launched the app and kept them while driving home to log mileage for the incubation. Pro tip, the CD ghetto section of Syracuse has a fuck ton of pokey stops and a lot of Pokemon. <laughs> Wednesday, June 13th. Monitored the app all day. Found a semi-rare Pokemon on my coworker's shoulder. Trapped that punk ass with a quickness. Achieved level 5 and looked into this gym business. Those tough boys running the gym scared me. Left the office for lunch, rode with a coworker, and collected Pokestops while he drove. He says next time it's his turn. <laughs> Thursday, June 14th. Monitored the app all day. Needed to charge my phone twice. Discovered seven more players on our, on our floor at the firm. IT is now the central meeting place for Pokemon Go Anonymous. I still proclaim loudly to all, that I, all, to all that I hate this game and it is being deleted promptly after the research period. On my lunch break at the comic shop, hunted Pokemon and Pokestops. Receives tips from Aaron, the cute girl with the Hawkeye tattoo. Noticed the Poke Gym was unattended. Claimed it with my Tauros, who's a 200 CP. That lasted 10 minutes. I was unceremoniously beaten up and tossed from the gym. <laughs> Sorry, I like that one. <clears throat> and yesterday, Friday, June 15th, ran the app sporadically while driving into work. Yes, I now know when to fire it up on my route in in order to most efficiently hit the Pokestops along the way. First egg began to hatch. I watched with bated breath, sweating in anticipation as the shell cracked, and I received another fucking purple rat. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Monitored the app throughout the day. Invented an excuse to completely patrol both floors of the firm in order to hunt Pokemon. <clears throat> Matt accompanied me. Visited Destiny USA for my lunch break. Shuffled through the mall, zombie-like, as I hunted down more Pokemon with names I can't pronounce nor understand the rationale behind. Returned to work and grabbed Matt for another 
quote-unquote Wi-Fi sweep, we're not fooling anyone. <laughs> Beautiful. Wow. Um, Beautiful. I do believe I am going to post this verbatim in the show notes. Now, are you going to continue to play the game? The game <clears throat> will be deleted today. Really? I don't believe him. It's, it's I don't believe him. It's going to be deleted <laughs> no. today. Oh, oh, sure. So, Paul, yes, my, my Pokey Diary is a little shorter than that. Um, played around with it a little bit. Gave the phone to my daughter and let her catch I Pokemon while like I experienced life. For him. Uh, I, I will say this, though. Uh, the, 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 during the weekdays, I don't have to work until 1, so... Uh, I made a point, you know, I've been taking, because my uh, four-year-old doesn't have camp or anything right now, so we've been trying to go to the park, and I tried to take a walk every day. So, I mean, it's given me a good chance to, you know, hit a few pokey stops, you know, on the way. I, there's one at each park, or two at each park. Tell um, Yeah. Does it make you feel as much like an asshole to even say pokey stops as it does me? Yes, it okay, kind of does. Um, but, you know, here, here's where, where I got. First of all, there's only ever Pokemon in my bathroom, and it's the same three, and I can catch them like once an hour, and it's just not worth it. Um, there's no Pokemon at the park, at uh, either Homer Wheaton Park or Berry Park, which I, are places I take my daughter. None. None at all. Cannot find a single one. And I kind of stopped really playing the game when uh, we were at Berry Park. I was pushing my daughter on the swing. She said, Daddy, I, I want to get off the swing. I, I want to go play on the slides. Okay. I stopped the swing, let her off, pull the phone out of my pocket, figure I'll see if anything's going on as I walk over to the benches by the, uh, the slide. Immediately run face first into the hanging bar. Now I don't know if there's if there's a mark. I don't see it, but I can still. Well, yeah, right there, right there. That's where I ran into the bar. I can't see anything. Okay, I, and it was I face down. <laughs> wow. Put the phone in my pocket. I'm like, nope. Done. That has caused bodily injury. I am yes. finished. Yes, that I I felt incredibly stupid. I immediately stopped, looked around. Luckily, it was uh, early enough that nobody was around. So nobody saw that. Nobody got a picture, and they're not posting it to TMZ or anything. But I was, I was rather embarrassed for myself. I know these things are generated by some combination of the phone's um, location tracking GPS. That it is not these creatures are not actually there. It's a projection, from, you know, of your phone. Um, it's a little creepy to think. Digitally, there's there's a digital creature in this room, sitting right next to you, invisible. It's like we're being digitally haunted. Yes. <laughs> if if there's not a creepy pasta in there somewhere, <laughs> if there's not a creepy pasta in there somewhere, and it's not already in, in, in a week's time, um, I'll be filming it. There uh, <laughs> you go. But yeah, that's it. Just I'm not playing. Um, because I don't know how you are, but any game distracts me from what I should probably doing. be doing. Yeah. We can make the excuse of, we can, we can, we can spend the day watching, man and me, not together, we just met, but we can spend <laughs> the whole day watching movies or marathoning things on Netflix. It's yes. like, all we have to do is do the end of that. It's like, oh, I like what he did there. Yes, <laughs> it's justified. It's justified. Yes, we can justify. This is school for us. We are learning. We, can, okay. we, can, we can't justify pretty much any other activity. You know, yeah. any activity like oh, oh yeah, Pokemon Go. Well, it's research for something I'm going to be doing. So, yeah. No, and it's you know, yeah, it's you know, you got to make that 
that sacrifice, you gotta go, oh, you know, even, even when it comes to watching things you want, you find out everybody's watching, you know, some show, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I got, I got too much to do, I can't keep, I can't stay on top of that, (laughs) you know, if I, you want, if you want to get ahead, it's like, totally, you know, I mean, you guys, same deal, I mean, oh yeah, you know, some mornings you don't want to get up, or you showed the prep work you did, you know, with, with the news, and you got to schedule guests and stuff. You know, and there's all those things out there that want to distract you from from getting from getting ahead, like weedles and squirtles. Want to do, yeah, yeah. Yes. Now, something I think is interesting because I've seen a lot of negative posts about this. Um, well, actually, two things. One, um, our good friend, the Watkins from Cloud City Comics and Toys in the Shopping Town Mall, put up a really great post about this, basically saying to all the uh, retailers that are complaining about this, uh, saying, hey, this, is, en- this yeah. is engaging people on a level that we haven't had something engage them on recently, at least, if ever. Um, use that to your advantage, which I thought were very sage words of wisdom. Um, the other thing I've noticed uh, is while driving around town and going places i'm seeing more people out looking at their phones i mean there's one church over on the corner that's a pokey stop and there were like uh, five guys standing around with their phones in the parking lot more people than i've ever seen at that place before four years living in this neighborhood but what i have noticed is this uh, people are saying hey isn't it funny hillary is going to get the nomination and this pokemon thing comes out to distract us maybe i don't know that it's a grand conspiracy but what i do know is that I'm seeing people of different colors and races and creeds all hanging out together, working to achieve a common goal, even if it's imaginary. In a way, I haven't seen anything else engage people from multiple backgrounds. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm saying I'm seeing it. So in contrast to that, uh, maybe there's a, a good side to this. Yesterday at Clark's Reservation... Oh, man, that's totally going on the recording. Oh yeah. Uh, we were walking back from the cliffs, and... There was a group of kids. Now, I mean, they're kids. Kids aren't usually, like, horrible and racist and stuff like that until they get older. Unless, you know, they grow up up north or their parents are dicks. But uh, (laughs) there was uh, a white kid, uh, a black kid, an Asian girl, and uh, looked like a Hispanic. It was a Benetton What? They were shooting a Benetton (laughs) (laughs) Um, All walking around with their phones. The girl was going, yeah, yeah, I think there's something. They were clearly playing Pokemon Go. I mean, anything that brings us together can't be that bad. No. Uh, and I'm just throwing it out there for anybody who is very negative on this. Put that in perspective. True. Yes. Okay. I, you did say something that I have to speak to. Okay. The conspiracy. I haven't I heard this yet. I, that this was released in a distraction from yeah, the nomination. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in the conspiracy or any conspiracy. First of all, let's hey, let's go to the Clintons. Our government couldn't hide the fact that Bill Clinton received a blowjob in the Oval Office. How good is this conspiracy if they can't protect that? Well, you know, there's Area 51s, the government's hiding a spaceship and bodies of aliens and their technology. They couldn't hide the fact that the president got a blowjob (laughs) in the Oval Office. I would love to believe in government conspiracies because that would suggest a level of organization and competence that we have never, never seen. seen. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You know, uh, please, the Illuminati, get your shit together. Well, you know, well, they let that happen. No, no, no. There is this one thing definitely clear. There's no grand level of organization in this world, and we're just kicking and screaming and fighting to do the best we can. 
till you know the Illuminati gets their act together. <laughs> no conspiracies. <laughs> beautiful. That is beautiful. You just put the Fitzgerald stamp on that one. Yeah. Uh, and was that technically still part of the news? Uh, no. Uh, I um, okay. Oh. It led into the Pokemon Go review, I guess. All right. Well, then that's the news, folks. And Pokemon went. <laughs> Roll right into the book club. We can. It's going to be short and sweet. Can it be? Are yeah. you asking? No, yeah. no, it will be. Okay. At least on my part. Yes, I don't have much. At least that's what my wife tells Were me. Were we supposed to read something? I know, I didn't no. do any reading. <laughs> they didn't do the it's homework. Just I wouldn't do our homework. Oh, good. Well, well, because it is a geek podcast, so we kind of have to, to throw that out there. We do our, our sure. review of a, a book every week. Generally a comic book. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, we could have done that. We have so not like a novel. No, it's no, no. <laughs> a novel. <laughs> so those things you can listen to? Oh, what a found? novel concept. <laughs> this comic sucks. It's all dialogue balloons. There's no pictures at all. <laughs> Why is it so small? <laughs> okay. Uh, well, like I said, mine's going to be short. Uh, I'm hitting the obvious one this week. Um, just because I think it needs to be brought up and I have something to say about it. Uh, Civil War number 3 came out this week. Yes. Um, big news being that um, Bruce Banner is dead, killed by an arrow to the head from Hawkeye. Now, the re- really the reason I bring this up is because people are going nuts about this. And, and I want to bring a, a point to the comics crowd that I don't think that they're, they're getting. Everyone's saying, oh, man, in 18 months he'll be back when they make another movie, blah, blah, blah. You know, you've, you've probably seen the same things. You yes. know, it's a stunt. Uh, I would like to remind people that uh, Wolverine is still dead. It has been for a couple of years now, right? Yes. Um, Marvel Comics and comics in general, yes, that was the, uh, the, the status quo years ago. I don't feel like that's it. You can't keep going back to the same old shit every time somebody dies. Now, maybe they'll prove me wrong and bring him back in 18 months. But that really hasn't been happening. Characters have been dying and staying dead. Sometimes we get new versions of them. Sometimes with, when they had a female Thor, yeah, Thor wasn't dead, but he was no longer Thor. We still have a female Thor. These things are starting to stick around now. Uh, I really think that it's unfair to jump on this, this turn of events as being the same old crap when it feels to me like it's anything but. Uh, Bruce Banner is one of Marvel's oldest characters, and you know, being killed by another one of their oldest characters, Hawkeye, um, kind of a big deal, especially if they're going to stick with it. And here's the second part. They're going to bring uh, him back when there's another movie. Um, since when... There's not going to be a Hulk movie. Hulk's going to be in Thor. Hulk has never isn't a big enough character to have his own movie and carry it. They don't need to, because yeah. the, the theater crowd is not the same in total. Yeah, the there's some of them yeah. are the comic yeah. book readers. But none of the Marvel films... None of the superhero films ever made would su- would be successful if it was just the comic book readers attending them. And I wish that the, the the people in charge and a lot of the people that comment understood exactly what you say, Michael, because y- it's true. It's you can do what, yeah, you can do whatever you Very want with the comic book characters. Yeah. you're not going to hurt the movies right. at all. No. And, and another example too. Everyone said, "Oh, Cap will be back to his his old self by Civil War." Um, Civil War came out before. Captain America was de-aged and back to his normal self. Are you sure? That happened in Return to Pleasant Hill. We saw Civil War before that happened. <clears throat> okay. I don't know. I know. It was I mean, it was, it was close. Nearby. But, but I but, think there was a plan in place for that, too. Right? Well, well, possibly, but I, I think that if they really planned it, that would have happened before opening night of the movie. 
Because people could have gone and seen the movie, walked into their comic shops uh, that next day, and they would have seen an old Steve Rogers. And by the executives uh, thinking, oh, they'd be confused and, and whatever, okay? Uh, I really don't think that, that the comics world works the way it used to anymore. And I think that people need to just kind of stop and go, holy shit, Bruce Banner is dead. Yeah. You know, let let it sink in. Let it mean something to you. Don't. It shouldn't not mean something just because ten years ago characters died and came back every twelve months. It's not happening now. I mean, at least let's let them fuck up before we tell them they're fucking up. I mean, I tell my wife that all the time. You know. In my head, I'm hearing the um, that end credit music from the old Lou Ferrigno series. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Saddest mood, saddest music ever. Yeah, sad hall music. And that's my review. Alright, and I am going to discuss a book that's 180 degrees from that. The Return of a Character. Okay. That would be Hail Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps Rebirth, number one. And basically the entire issue is a recap of what has come before. And at the end of the issue is a return to form. We have a straight up, as you remember, Hail Jordan... The Green Lantern, no more the long hair and trench coat and the, the funky gauntlet. He's, he's reforged his own Green Lantern ring out of his, his own will. And it sounds weird, but read the issue, it makes way more sense when you do. And um, I'm so far out of the goddamn loop on Green Lantern now because it was so bad that I'm trying to figure out why the fuck is Sinestro an old guy. So, jump in and help me understand this. Um, that's out to anybody listening who's remotely interested in Green Lantern. Um, but it was a really cool issue. Outwork was phenomenal, as always, because, you know, he's a man skyver. So, yeah, run out, pick these books up at... Cloud City Comics and Toys at the Shopping Town Mall. See, I even remember this time. I fucked that one up last episode real bad. <laughs> but that'll do it for the book club. All right. Um, we already hit on the Pokemon Go... It looks like we might be... Are we we are wrapping up from the looks of it. So my WTF file is a visual one, which means that I'll have to be posting it to the... Well, before you get to that, are we doing that other segment now, or is that going to be after? Oh, I almost forgot about that. Well, it's a good thing you have me to keep your shit straight. Thank God. Yeah, see, it's because it wasn't written down. Do you want to do the introduction on it, and I will go... Okay, and uh, we'll ask you guys if you want to be part of this. Um, and I apologize, it's something new. We didn't have a chance to uh, let you know before, but if you've uh, listened the past couple weeks, you might have heard that we uh, wanted to start a new segment called Beer Bastards, uh, where basically we try you know, a, a new kind of beer every time we sit down, just a little bit, you know, one bottle split between different people. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys drink or not, so... I'm a big beer drinker, so... Okay. I'm just a hard liquor. <laughs> I mean, because, well, you know, my, my fear is that We'll break out this segment, and it'll be someone who's like you know a reformed alcoholic. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And run and jump out the window. Yeah, yeah, it, it would yeah. be it would be super awkward. No, it sounds fun. Yeah, but, alcoholic but non-reformed. Oh, okay, then you're good. You're good. Uh, so yeah, because I've started brewing my own beer, oh, and awesome. that's actually yeah. probably going to be the uh, the next show. My first batch should be ready. Uh, cool. But we're going to start um, you know trying beers from other places. Try to keep it sort of local-ish. Yeah, I mean we we don't need to be trying Budweiser. We all know what that tastes like. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're pretty excited about this. We're going to cool. call it Beer Bastards. Um, awesome. We're hoping somebody out there might be willing to sponsor this segment if they're listening and we could feature their beer. Vincent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
we don't want someone to buy it, but you know we're going to try other stuff too. Yeah. It'd be nice to actually make some money off this someday, maybe. Yeah, yeah. someone said he needed someone to buy him beer since he was <laughs> 15. <laughs> Man, uh, <laughs> I got 10 bucks. Would you mind just going in there and giving me some beer? <laughs> but uh, yeah, Paul is going. Apparently he went to Wegmans uh, today and picked some stuff up, so uh, we're going to be uh, trying one. Hopefully his dad has enough glasses. Uh, I don't actually know if his dad has any glasses, so... <laughs> Uh, I have not looked through his cupboards. He literally and has, like, water bottles, bread, and bread in his fridge. Oh, those water bottles are ours. Yeah. For us yeah. and the There's guests. There's also hot dogs. Bread and hot Simple man lives simply. That's right. Probably saves bread a lot of money. Dogs. Ah, we do have cups. Fantastic. Oh, goodness. I was concerned about oh that. Oh, So, Paul, I have uh, discussed it with the guests. Everybody is in. We are not uh, ruining anybody's sobriety today, thank God. <laughs> And tell us what you got today. I have chosen because I saw this on a commercial. Oh, that's not local. No, this isn't local. Um, but this is something I wanted to try. So it is all about you. Okay, that's well, damn right. Um, this is the new Guinness Blonde American Lager. I I actually sampled that at Wegmans a while back. Oh, a while back. Has it been out for a while? Am I so far behind? Yeah, because I haven't been to Wegmans in at least six months. Well, <laughs> sorry to burst your bubble. That's all right. Good job, Paul. You tried. I did. Um, my understanding is, before we've even taken a sip, this is something more along the lines of like your a standard American ale. Yes, okay. mm-hmm. I would agree. Yeah. Because um, I hate to say this, because I'm going to kick out of the whole Irishman club, but I can't drink a regular fucking Guinness. <laughs> Not working. We're, for we're me together on that. Okay. Actually, it's one of the few I can enjoy. See, I can't. It's I watched too, too dark. pour it out yeah. on uh, St. Patrick's Day one year, and I was like, that's fucking motor oil. I can't drink that. Yeah. So, would you like to do the honors? We're going to go ahead and pour. Okay. Now, Ooh. interestingly enough, Paul, and I was going to ask for some uh, advice on this, because, and there may be more. I'm going to split this up, and then we'll continue splitting it up. Um, so, I have bottled my, my first batch, the, uh, the light, because that's what came with my kit. And I went on to an American Porter, which is now in the keg. Yes, I'm using a Mr. Beer, because that's how you start. Uh, but I uh, picked up an Irish Stout uh, liquid malt extract. And I am considering this that my next batch being the first one that I start to tinker with. Now, there's uh, the general stuff. Everybody likes to put like raspberries and chocolate and all that stuff. And maybe that will be the route I go this time, just to keep it simple. But what I'm considering is I've discovered that it's uh, perfectly safe to use canned fruit or canned things in your uh, your batches because they've already been pasteurized, so you're not introducing any bacteria into it. Beautiful. One of, uh, a couple years ago, I made a batch of sweet potatoes with Cheers. Uh, uh, chipotles, canned chipotles. And I got thought to myself, because I mean, even an eighth of that can made the sweet potatoes way too hot for anybody to eat, but I was thinking to myself, Smoky, spicy. Chipotle is the kind of spice that hits you in the back of the mouth. Yeah. Uh, would go good with an Irish stout, I think, <laughs> if Paul laughs at the back of the mouth because of his experience. Yes, we're not going to talk about that. Um, but what would what would go well with that? My wife suggested chocolate. I don't want to use a seeded berry like raspberries or something because that um, involves straining when you're bottling, and I just don't, don't want to mess with that yet. Yeah. Um, if anybody has any ideas of what they think would pair well with a very dark beer, like a stout, uh, with Chipotle. Hmm. 
got about two weeks before I, I actually do this, so I have time. But hmm. any thoughts? <laughs> like those, like if it's not whiskey, I don't care. I'm not a dark stout person, so I don't know. Well, you, you know, I don't know if I am either. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's that's but why it's, it's fun to experiment. Yeah, yeah for sure. Exactly. No idea. Nothing. No. What do you like with your Chipotle? Diarrhea. Well, that's usually what comes along with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's advertising. All right. So. All right. So let's try this gonna... out. Everyone's gonna take a swig. Cheers. That would have sounded way cooler if it was A, mic'd up, and B, yeah. there were glass. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> hey, you should bring your own glasses next time. Ooh. This reminds me of something. I kind of get a weak version of a Killian's Irish red off yeah. of it. Mike's face doesn't say, mmm. No, no. I always make that face when I drink beer. I rarely drink beer, but one of the ones when I do is Guinness. And it, it, it not a beer guy, but it is still smooth like Guinness is. For yeah, it's, so it, is, you know, it is very strong. It's it interesting. Subtle, yeah. Yeah, it's it's not very, I guess, beery, if that makes sense. Now, part of that is because I've been going through the craft beer section, grabbing six different bottles and really taste testing them because I'm, yeah. I'm trying to learn what I like. This doesn't, uh, it's not, not incredibly hoppy. No. Uh, it is very smooth. I want to say Molson Golden maybe-ish? Or is that more hop? It reminds me of a Molson I think I've had. Years ago though. Either, so this was years ago, so it mm. might be something that they don't sell anymore. Maybe the Triple X? Which was supposedly the imported Oh one, yeah. right? Yeah. Maybe. It's not it, bad though. I'm, no, it's not bad at all, and it's definitely something I would pick up again. Yeah. Um, but if this is the taste I'm going for, I'm, I'm definitely going to go with a killing. Killing that. Yeah. That's got a little more of it. Yes. Hit to it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And the bottles look really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the important part when you're drinking. How cool you look with the bottles. Shoot, the labels. <laughs> key. Oh, labels. Paul, do you have a printer that can make me labels? I need labels. I have a regular printer. You need a, a laser printer. Yeah, whenever uh, he goes to buy beer, I don't drink it, but I do point out the cool-looking labels. Artwork, yeah. Because, you know... That's, like, honestly half the battle for selling beer, is if you got cool artwork on there, you're going to attract someone. You know, that's interesting. I was thinking about this this morning, because every time I try these beers, I mean, she picks them out based on the label. Sometimes I do, too, because I can be a girl like that occasionally. Uh, But... uh, You know what's funny is every beer that has a cool label is an IPA. Now, maybe, maybe you guys... Can, can explain this to me because I, I haven't really been in the beer world for a while. Years ago, I remember there being a Saranac IPA, first one I tried, maybe a Sierra Nevada or something came in a green label. Oh, yeah, label. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I had tried the IPA. I was like, whoa, that's really weird and bitter and didn't know that that taste was hoppy at the time. Fast forward years later, and I'm getting back into beer again, and every beer seems to be an IPA. It's yeah, like it's, 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 it's the hot thing. thing. Everyone it loves is? IPAs right now. Okay. Yeah, it's super, super trendy. Yeah. And I, I struggled this morning when I was at Wegmans to not get IPAs because I'm not an IPA guy at all. And Me neither. If we're gonna do this, I want I want to try and at least enjoy it. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I've I've tasted a few IPAs that are actually pretty good because we had that Defender when we were at uh, uh, Chase Con, and yeah. we, we weren't super fond beer. of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I've had some that were actually pretty good recently. I think maybe maybe we, we could revisit a few of those. I'm not saying I don't like IPAs, but yeah. it's very strange. It, it's it's the equivalent of like if you haven't got, walk, walked into Burger King in years and then you go in there like, oh, I really like the chicken sandwich. Oh, we have Whoppers. Well, what about the milkshake? No, we have Whoppers. It's like they, they're all the same thing. 
everything's the same thing. No matter what you ask for, it's the same thing. And I was just like, what? little confused. There's a good white IPA, which isn't as bitter and it's not as hoppy. It's a little bit more smooth. Um, by Otter Creek, which is a Vermont craft brewery, which I would recommend. It's okay. really nice. Yeah, it's well, We can get our hands on that. I, I, I'm the craft beer snob, so I have a lot. I can give you guys a list of some really good ones to try. There's a place out in California. I'm thinking oh, thinking about buying a, a six-pack from it, but it's like you know 30 bucks for a six-pack. But they Ooh. have some crazy stuff, some pineapple. They have a smoked... Uh, a smoked cra- a smoked porter, mm. which really has me interested. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I'm going to spend $30 on a six-pack. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we can reach out. Maybe they would like to... Ignore us? <laughs> yeah. Kind of like everyone else seems to. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I like it. It's, I'll definitely buy it again. It's one of those I think you definitely have to drink ice cold. Yeah. Yeah. If it was, if it yeah. was like room temperature or warm, it definitely yeah, will. No. Although... I have done that with Killian's. That I can drink one. I keep bringing this back around to Killian's. Yeah, we don't have a rating system in place. I thought no, we need to. We need to make that happen. So, so your yours is uh, you would definitely get it again. Definitely get it again. I don't think it was bad, but I probably wouldn't buy it just because it's not the the flavor I'm looking for. Gotcha. I would agree. I mean, I, it's fairly enjoyable, but I think there's just so many better beers out there yeah. that I would go to something much... If you handed more. me one or I went to a podcast where they broke out a bottle, exactly. I'd certainly be happy to drink it. Yeah, I'm not going to go buy it If it's a free it beer, myself. I'll take it, but I don't think I would That's like a free-fourth of a beer. Yeah. <laughs> I don't drink beer. If I do, I can drink Guinness. Therefore, I can still drink this. Thank you. <laughs> and that was the first official beer bastard segment. Yes, no, with guests even. With guests, yeah. look at yeah. I like it. You'll We're def- more, You'll get more guests now. Yeah, you know so they, free they provide free beer. <laughs> Come to Geek Pot. <laughs> free beer. Yeah, three whole tablespoons. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so every episode we try to find some weird thing to highlight just to end the show with. Um, we've had everything from uh, strange license plates to really weird shit that happens to me on the streets of Syracuse. <laughs> um, this one falls in between those. I was walking back to work Tuesday, you know, from my Pokemon hunting. And, um, of course. Down the street, I could, I could see it. And I'm going into the explanation because the picture is fucking awful. Um, I could see something really weird parked at the, the stoplight, and I just had to get a picture of it. Because, and I'll pass it around. What we have there is what I like to call the angry Jeep. <laughs> I have never seen a Jeep with headlights like this before. And I, I'm going to pause oh just so, <laughs> so everybody can see it before I, I describe it. Um, yeah, so I apologize for the picture taking, but I was like oh. racing down the street trying to get it yeah. where it went. Um, That's very interesting. It's a black Jeep Wrangler with red um, ring lights. They're like horseshoes. Yes, yeah, they're almost like a horseshoe shaped headlight, and it just looks like it's fucking glaring at you. <laughs> it's, it's a little terrifying if you just saw that at night. Yes, and that's all. Oh, you I see. think there's a movie there. Yeah, there you go. Um, so yeah, that's that's my WTF for the week is the angry Jeep. I'll try and uh, when I when I upload the picture, I'll try and isolate it so we can get a better picture. So I oh, and make sure picture. you cover the license plate so we don't get in trouble again. <laughs> again. <laughs> oh yeah, listen to episode three. Can you see the license plate? No, you cannot. Um, 
But I think that's going to about do it for this show. Oh, I think I can top that. And it was your, your neighborhood. Oh, God. I was driving to work last <laughs> week oh, here along <laughs> on Morgan, um, down by, you know, where the trail, r- railroad tracks are. Yes. Coming in the opposite direction, there's a white convertible with the top down. There's a blonde woman in a white dress driving the car, quite attractive. And in her passenger seat, the Easter Bunny. <laughs> Full on oh, no. small Easter bunny costume just waving to me. It's like, no one's going to believe this. That's the ter- <laughs> most terrifying been, thing ever. Because I've been at stores and they got, oh yeah, you can get a dashboard camera for your car. It's like, what the hell do I need a dashboard camera for my car? I don't need to video anything in, in when I'm well, driving. Like, now I need that? a dashboard camera <laughs> right. for my car because no one else will believe this. But yes, that happened. And they even waved to me. It's like, That's freaky. That's awesome. No, it was That's awesome. awesome. <laughs> it was cool. It was. It wasn't that the slowly driving by by you thing. It was just like, and I'm doing visual things on a podcast again. Yes. <laughs> just doing the parade wave. Yeah, doing, just doing the parade wave. It's like that made my day. And you know what? I like to think that there are people out there who are going. You know what? What can we do that's weird and different? And people are just going to smile, and, and that's just going to make somebody's day. And we should all find ways to do that. Parting thoughts? I don't think we can follow that up. That no. is awesome advice. That reminds me of actually my college days. Uh, my roommates and I would drive around in his car blaring Scottish uh, bagpipe music and hand out free candy and pizza. <laughs> okay. Yeah, candy and pizza. You we wore, we wore like motorcycle bag. helmets so they couldn't see our faces, and they would run out with, like just like screaming at them and hand out. So it was like very aggressive. <laughs> it was like super, super aggressive. We would just like literally like run to the like drive up blaring. Uh, bagpipe music to like a bus stop run in the car like, run around them like throw free, free candy at them and like hand them a pizza and then drive away okay. that's uh, like a whole pizza like a whole pizza yep wow that's great nice that yep. could be one of your um, talking about doing some excursions <laughs> your excursions should include you know you could get people's reactions to weird shit positive weird <laughs> stuff you can do to make people smile yep I like it. Add it to the bucket list. Okay. Ghost hunts and throwing candy at people <laughs> aggressively. We we need to start a um a bail fund. I'm sure yes. if we do stuff like that, we could bring the overlords into it. Yeah, let's not. <laughs> There's only so far we can go down. with that. Yeah, my kid's not real aggressive. That's the problem. Well, Kylie is. Well, not aggressive. That's what I'm saying. It'd be like cute. You yeah, let's not let's saying. not bring the small children into yes. our our crazy adult I'm activities that, that could no. potentially. Okay, I'm not looking at it as twisted. I'm looking at it as a cute little kid hands you a piece of candy. We'll save that for Halloween. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's typically what we do on Halloween. But that's that's a, a different story for another time. I think we're gonna wrap it up. As always, I'm Paul. I'm Hugh. Matt. And I'm Mike, and I was very happy to be yes, here. Yes, thank you so much, guys, for having oh, us. I'm Appreciate insulted. it. It's your own fault you're not on Mike. Come on. And I'm Lana. How about you end the show for us? You know what we say at the end. Get on the mic and finish it for us. Oh. You know, I gift wrap it for oh, you. Oh, wait, wait. I, I remembered it. Get down on the mic. Mega bite me, bitches.
This has been a GeekPod Network production. If you're enjoying us, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and follow us everywhere. On Twitter, at GeekPod, G33KPOD. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash geekpod. Want to get in touch with us? Email us at contribute at geekpod.com.